0: Join us every Friday for encouragement, freedom, and biblical truth. Grab your coffee or grab your tea. It's going to be a good one. all right hello everyone thank you so much for tuning in tonight um i do have a special guest as you all know he is chilling in our virtual green room so while pete is chilling there he could probably say hello and engage with some of y'all thank you so much for your patience um there may be some you know form of little slight delay um and with sound tonight, but we can work through it. Um, it's always a good thing uh, when we have tech issues, because that means the devil doesn't want us to talk about what we're talking about. So I do see a lot of people here this evening. Um, I know Pookie, you came on early. I see Carly, uh, Saved by Grace. And then Caroling. how are you? So Rebecca, Pippa, hello, hello. Hermie, thank you for joining Cece, hello, boy, mom. So there's a lot of people here this evening. Um, If I do not say hello throughout the duration, I'm just going to say hello to everyone right now. We have a lot to dive into. Um, Let me just go through some house cleaning issues. For anyone who is new tonight, Pete, I don't know if you want to get this out on your uh, platforms or whatever while uh, you're sitting there in that beautiful green room. Um but if you're new to the channel please do me a favor and hit that subscribe button. Um I'm not everyone's cup of tea so if you enjoy the content please go ahead and subscribe. If you don't enjoy the content, well that's okay. We still love you anyway. Um also please 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 make sure you smash that like button. Um algorithms that way Facebook can kind of uh, help us out here during this live feed this evening. Um you can't do any of that if you're not logged into youtube which i don't know who doesn't have a youtube account in 2023 so feel free to uh create one and do all that good stuff if you're watching on rumble hello hello i'm going to be monitoring that channel tonight um and typing in any questions that you may have just so you know we're going to do things as we kind of do it as i've been doing the stream yard pete is also aware and so is sandra so during the duration if you have a question or a comment. Sandra, once we kind of finish our train of thought, she'll put your question or comment up on the screen. Um, If it's directed towards me or to Pete, if you can please put in caps the word question and then who you want to answer the question, which I'm assuming is going to be Pete because he is a plethora of knowledge. So, again, for everyone joining, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about because clearly we are definitely in the tribulation and we're going to talk about that here tonight. Okay, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't unsubscribe. All right. So um, I've been getting in a lot of coffee mugs and this I have to kind of go in order of when I've received them because they're all so beautiful and I don't want anyone to feel left out. So as you can see, I've changed my backdrop to kind of house some of these mugs And I feel like I'm just going to have to get more shelving because I'm already going to be full. So tonight I thought was quite fitting. Um, This is from Pam. So thank you, Pam. I don't know if you're listening now or post, but this mug is super cute. And as always, I'd like to introduce this week's mug. So let me go ahead and bring on my little video clip here. So this mug is so super, super cute. Absolutely love it. So this right here is a Charlie Brown Snoopy Wong. But look what it says. Prepare for takeoff, right? Absolutely cute. But hey, I need to be careful because I do have tea in here. And my laptop is sitting down below. So that's not going to be fun. And then it kind of goes around on the back end. Oh my gosh, it is so cute that little yellow handle. I'm ap- I I'm loving it. I'm absolutely loving it. Well, anyway, listen guys, um Pete, thank you so much for your patience. I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. So, again, any comments or questions? Uh thank you Pookie. I know it's a sexy mug. There's nothing like Snoopy ready to prepare for takeoff, like we all are for the rapture, cuz Jesus is coming soon. Can I get an amen in the chat? Okay, so um Again, I want us to give a nice hearty welcome to, I guess I can call Pete my good friend. Um, I really, Pete is just amazing. I know that we all love following him. Um, His last blog that I read, I'm sorry, Pete, I'm behind the eight ball. Please don't hate me, um, was the one where he dissected uh, just the realm of evil and Satan. It was just, it was amazing, completely just anointed. And uh, I listened partly to your other one, and then I fell asleep. So forgive me, okay? I guess our friendship is now over. So I'm going to go ahead and bring you in, um, unless you want to leave, because I'm not up to date on you right now, brother. I'm so sorry. So forgive me. How you doing?
1: I'm good. Good. It's been a busy week, and uh, I uh, posted on, on Telegram that I would be taking a, a hiatus from the 10th through at least the 27th. So I've gone ahead and, and, scheduled articles out and just things that, you know, I have a ton of articles that, have, that were from years ago and stuff. And so I've kind of just recycling those up through the front uh, for those that haven't read them, you know, read it. Um, so there'll be, there'll be content on the website. There'll be some videos I'll post on the sat- on Saturdays from different speakers and different things that I, that I was encouraged by. So, You know, feel free to stop by and check it out. And then, uh, sometime around the end of March, I'll be back. um, You know, on the on the schedule. So,
0: what are we going to do, Pete? I mean, you have to understand we've we've grown to like love you here, and now you're just going to like leave us high and dry, um, kind of. You know, but I, it's just unacceptable. You know, you can't have a life. I understand that, so it just has to stop. And you have to just keep giving us content, our our daily doses of crack? No, I can't you really use that. Never mind. Forget it. Forget that idea. Mm-mm, not a good one. Kind of like when I said yeah. the suck before. A lot of people are like, what? Can't do that either. Um. So I'm really happy to have you back on.
1: So well, it's going to be back on. I think this is my fourth time or third time.
0: It's your third fourth. time. I'm keeping track. It's right fourth. over here. now. I'm decent. <laughs> <I> th- <laughs> right? Isn't it your third? I think it's your third. Sure. We'll just call it your third. I don't know if it was a fourth and clearly I don't remember. So, right, they're yeah. disappearing, then you were live, and then this. Sure. Yeah, because the first time you came on was October of last year.
1: It was just a recorded, we just recorded that one, right?
0: Correct. And then, no, yeah. October yeah. was the first live, so you came on before that to go over your book that I actually have back here. Yeah. Right? Sometime Maybe in yeah. August, I think, or something like that. Yeah, and then the live was October. Really? So it's been since October that you've been on? Shame on you. I can't believe yeah, it. I just busy. feel like I'm on the back burner. I'm always on the back burner. It's
1: fine. You know, it's crazy though, because like for, you know, I've been writing for what, since 2011, and I, I did like one interview. I did two interviews. I did one in 2013 that I, I would, you'd be hard pressed to find that thing now. It was just a, a radio interview. And then I did one in 2019. So I did two in like 11 years. And then just this past, year and a half. I've done like 46.
2: Wow. A
0: lot. <laughs> well, I remember the first time we talked, didn't you, um, you were saying something too, right? Like, because I do believe the nearness is at hand of the soon return of Christ. and I think we're seeing that at, um, but it was something with Jan Markell. Um I mean, maybe it's this August, but I feel like that's when you were feeling that nudge in your spirit. Remember? Do you remember that? Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's only, it hasn't even been a year if you think about it, right? Or maybe I'm not, but, am was I remembering a year. that date? Yeah, yeah August so about a year and a half, so. Yeah. Well, listen, I'm August 2nd. The yeah. Dolphins, you know, they won their only Super Bowl the year I was born. So I'm hoping maybe this year would be the year, you know, that maybe, n- n- no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you
0: shaking your head no at my dolphins or no at the rapture
1: no. no i'm saying if the dolphins ever go back and win a super bowl that would be something yeah you're right it'd probably be something that would be apocalyptic in there so
0: magical i know so 72 i don't know i did something <laughs> when i was born so they haven't done much after that but anyway um so yeah i'm I'm happy that you're here and um it's always a blessing to have you on the show so tonight we're going to talk about because clearly we're in the tribulation i mean we have to be in the tribulation (laughs) because we're seeing so much we're going to do bible because i love bible i can't live my life without the bible and so we're going to read i'm going to put the bible up on the screen we're going to read from the new king james version i'm going to read what pete reads off of so i had to do the bible app um but we know that the news, if everyone just looks at the news, it seems like every 30 seconds it's updating. Um, I know me personally, I can't even keep up. And then sometimes it's so draining to my spirit, I don't want to keep up because everything is just changing so rapidly. So we're going to talk about Revelation chapter 6. Me and you were going to kind of take turns reading, going through the seals. Well, I'm not going to go through the seals. I'm going to ask you questions. Then I'm going to also, before we read Revelation 6, I'm going to take time to read Matthew 24. Um, I do believe that we may disagree on some things here tonight, Pete, and that's fine, because um, I don't know your stance on Ezekiel 38. So as I always say, you know, agree to disagree agreeably. It's not salvation issue. I really don't care. Um, but I personally, me, believe that Matthew 24 is very parallel to Revelation 6. I don't know your thoughts yeah. on that. Um, so you see that too, Matthew 24 and revelation six. Okay. And then Ezekiel. Yeah. yeah. What about Ezekiel 38 then? When do you think that's gonna, cause I believe it might be the second seal.
1: Oh, um, I think it happens between, I think it happens before, before the first seal, but we can talk through that, the logistics. Okay. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Okay. Well, that's good. So, um, Pete and I are still friends. We're good. And uh, so we're going to be taking turns. It's going to be a good night and engagement here from everyone. Before I begin, though, Pete, um, I do want to say thank you to Caroling Nancy for coming in and moderating on YouTube. I am looking for a couple of others on YouTube who can do that. It's nothing major. I'm not really big on moderation. I I, I mean it. I'm easy peasy. Hello to everyone. Make sure there's no. Foolery mean stuff with people and uh, posting links when people are here So anyway, if you feel like you want to do that questions at lifeclipspodcast.com And I will put you in touch with sandra So let's say thank you to nancy, which is caroling and also sandra my bff my woman of god who was actually Um more than just a moderator to me. She is just an amazing woman of god. She's my accountability She is just, she's amazing. So and I feel weird kind of praising her, but she's, she's just great on all levels. So thank you ladies so much for stepping in. Sandra's got a lot to do here on StreamYard, clicking a lot of buttons. Um, We have a private chat. I still see the number one Sandra. So hopefully it's not like dying because I haven't even looked at that message. So um, anyway, all right, Pete, I'm done babbling because I think, oh, I need to grab the right mouse. See, I knew this was going to happen. All right, so let me put on the screen first, Matthew 24, and I'm going to read that first. Oop, I almost added you, Sandra, to the stream. Okay, so we're going to make this here the full screen so we can all see it. And let's scroll down here to verse number four. And the reason I want to read this verse is because, like I said, it is very parallel to um, Revelation 6. And I'm not reading the whole thing. I'm just reading verses 4 through 8. And Jesus answered and said to them, first thing, take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. Uh, All these are the beginning of sorrows okay so pete clearly we are in the tribulation because all of that is happening so what i would like for you to do if you don't mind is read revelation um the first seal so verses one and two to get us started here this evening
1: all right so uh revelation six verse one you said one and two or just one
0: uh one and two, or if you just want to do one and then I can ask you the question on that, whatever you would like to do. And I'm also going to put that up on the screen.
1: All right. I want to read one and two. It says, now, now I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and heard one of the four living creatures saying with a loud, with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold, a white horse, he who sat on it had a bow and a crown was given to him and he went out conquering and to conquer.
2: Let's take a quick break.
0: Everyone is podcasting these days. If this is something you want to do or you're already doing it, I would recommend using Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find the right equipment at the right price. I currently use the Blue Yeti. Buzzsprout is an extremely user friendly platform and I could not be happier with their services. There are so many things that this site allows you to do from your show being listed on every major podcast platform to the audio player that you can use seamlessly on your websites to the detailed analytics of what we come on guys, the podcasters want to see. Don't lie. I know you look at that too. We want to know who was listening, where they're listening, how long they're listening, There are zero hassles because Buzzsprout provides these tools and more to help promote our podcasts. Fellow podcasters, do we not work hard? Well, I am here to tell you that Buzzsprout works even harder to make our podcasts stream streamlessly. Yes, I know that's not a word. If you want to join a company that already has over 100,000 podcasters, click the link and let Buzzsprout know that we sent you. This will get you a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan. And in addition, of course, it'll help support our show. Don't delay. Start Buzzsprouting today. Okay. So clearly, absolutely, we're... We're in the tribulation because I know you know, don't you know who the Antichrist is? I'm confused.
1: Because <laughs> would not not be like
0: sign number one?
1: Yeah, isn't it? It was Trump, right? Didn't that what everybody was? Mm, I
0: thought it was Barack. I thought Barack was the Antichrist. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could be yeah.
0: I don't think it's Biden no. though, so it could be Barack.
1: No, I. I uh So we know um that. The tribulation, the you know the even calling that is is even dangerous now. You know, I just I, I've gotten used to the habit of just getting back to the habit of calling it the seventieth week. It's the seventieth mm. week of Daniel, which is seven years. It's a week of years, right? Um, and that will not that starts not from the Antichrist going forth to ride, right? Who is that rider on the white horse? But it goes, it begins with a covenant. That, that is enforced or put in place there in Daniel 9.27. So that is what officially, if you think about the, the clock starting, that's when the, the little clickers clicked on it, and that's when the timing starts for the countdown to the seventh year until the second coming of Christ at, at you know, Armageddon.
0: So when we hear the parallel in Matthew 24, and the parallel to the Antichrist. Um, Jesus made it clear to not be deceived. So my personal opinion is there's going to be many left behind who are a tear, and I believe that they would think that this Antichrist is the false Christ. What is your thoughts on that? And this was not on our notes. I just felt led to ask you that.
1: Well, okay, so we live in— the age of information right this you know if you look back over through history you know we've had the renaissance we've had the time of the reformation we've had the uh the um age of enlightenment the age of reason uh, you know so now we are in the age of information and i think what jesus was saying here and it's something that probably wouldn't even be known until this time that we live in now really i would even say even the last say 30 years is that the idea of being deceived, we think about telling a lie and it being accepted as a lie and then people are then deceived with this lie, right? But think about where we are today. There is so much information. There is so much, we are drowning in information right now that it is it is hard to under, to, to understand what is true and what is not true. I mean, just the other day, there was this this thing that went viral where people were sharing this, you know, supposedly, you know, Biden had made a comment at a, at a press report and uh, I guess in Poland or somewhere is what the, cl- the clip said. And then as he's walking off stage, it was supposedly like this hot mic moment. And he mm. said, I can't believe those guys bought this, you know, BS. Or what do you think they bought this BS or whatever he said? And so people were sharing that, like, oh man, oh man, you know, this is, you know, we've caught them and, but then that turned out to be fake, right? There's so Mm -hmm. much information coming out there right now, hitting everybody that even the best and most discerning people, I've I've been caught too. I mean, there's things that come out and I'm like, you know, you just, you don't know what to trust anymore. You don't know what to believe anymore. So I think that's part of that deception. And that wasn't something that really anybody, any other age had to deal with prior to the age of information in which we live now, where you have so many different, you know, think about think about 20 years ago, I mean, or let's just go back 30 years. You had your three main TV channels. You might have, if you want to include a fourth, when you, you, CNN had had just begun, you had mm-hmm. your major newspapers, you had some major magazines, and that seemed like a lot of information coming to us at the time. And now, you know, we have all of those plus, you know, 40 or 50 other cable news networks. We have a bajillion, you know, websites, news websites, uh, you know, from all over the world, you know, you know, another hundred, 200 social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's just there's so much and so many different ways to listen to things and to get information. Mm-hmm. I mean, my one little website, I'm tied in with Facebook, Telegram, Instagram, Patreon, um, what else? <laughs> uh, people post my stuff on Twitter and I'm not on Twitter, mm-hmm. but like they post stuff on other places. And like, yeah. I mean, it, it is just SoundCloud. I mean, it's just all mm-hmm. over the place. So and I'm just, I'm just one person doing, you know, talking. And so my voice is going out on all these different directions. So mm-hmm. add that to the fact that the technology now, they have deep fake technology. They can mm-hmm. make videos of somebody that makes them look like it's, that person talking and saying something, um, you know, spoofing all, there's so many different ways to deceive people now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, on top of that, you have the spiritual warfare going on behind the scenes, empowering certain messages and things to go out. So it, it, deception is, we are in, we are in the the very um, tidal wave or tsunami of deception right now. It's just everywhere. And so being a a being a Christian who reads your Bible and understands your Bible and has a good solid foundation in scripture is absolutely essential these days because it's only gonna get worse from here
2: if
0: um someone can type in the chat a big old amen on that, I would definitely um agree because we are absolutely um even using this stream yard, right? I'm streaming to three different platforms. Um, some of them are delayed, but pr- same principle. I mean, technology is just at an all time high. So Dale says the age of information. I actually, that's why I have my laptop. So I don't have to, what happens is Pete is my camera is right in the middle. So I found myself weaving in Bobbin and I'm like, this is not going to work. I've already trying to get an ab workout. I don't need another one during the podcast. So I'm, I'm not going to do that. So here, the age of information is so fast it has conditioned us to hear but not understand as we seek the next batch of information that's a great point so do you want to speak on that because dale that's a really good point because we are hearing it so fast um can you put that back up again okay um that we may not understand right and then all of a sudden here comes the next batch of information while you're doing that i'm going to adjust my lighting but can you address that real quick because that's a great comment
1: yeah, that, that reminds me of a quote by Leonard Reed, who was a libertarian that uh, was um, pretty well known, I guess, in the 50s and 60s and seven, early 70s. But he he has a quote that I love to use. I've used it numerous times in articles because it's so apropos to this conditioning that, that Dell here is talking to. And, and this is Leonard Reed. He says, most Americans are unaware of a decline in our individual liberty. And the reason is obvious. The decline rarely takes the form of sudden deprivation, but instead takes the form of unnoticed erosion. And thus we come to regard whatever state we are in as the normal condition. Mm-hmm. And so even in my lifetime coming, you know, I, you know, I didn't know what email was until 97. You know, I was in Germany, mm-hmm. you
2: know, mm-hmm. back
1: then, and, but I didn't. Have any of that stuff? So I go to college, and a friend of mine was asking me what my email address was, and I was like, "I don't. What is that? <laughs> what are you talking about?" <laughs> and so he he dutifully walked me to the library, the college library, and he's put me in front of a little computer. It was like a, the black the black screen with the green letters, you know. Yeah. He's like, "Dude, this is your email." And so he's like, like a baby, you know, is teaching me, like, you know. <laughs> so, um, from that moment forward i mean we went through Mm -hmm. myspace was the big thing back early on then it was facebook and then i mean Mm -hmm. it's just blown up into so many different things right so that that is where the deception isn't isn't just like this big um neon flashing lie that's gonna that we're all gonna see from a mile away and be like oh i'm gonna avoid that thing No, it is like a million Mm -hmm. a million little flashing lights all blinding you and you don't know which way to go because there's just so many directions and so many things coming at you that um, that's why it's so important to have a, a solid uh, foundation in scripture. And just, you don't have to be an expert in the Bible, but if you have a good understanding of the outline of how things are going to go, I mean, you're, you're 70% there, 80% there. So um, by all means, you don't have to be, have a PhD or PhD in, in theology to, to avoid uh, deception. We all have, you know, for all believers, we all have the Holy Spirit in, in, in us, guide us, guide us into truth and giving us that discerning spirit. And I'll tell you an example. Um, years ago, when I had my come to Jesus moment and I was coming back into the fold, um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I didn't grow up in a church that taught prophecy. I had a youth pastor that taught a little bit of it, you know, a couple of years while I was in youth, youth group, but, but I don't remember any of that. But. When I came back, you know, when I was coming back into the faith, you know, I was doing like everybody else does. I'm looking online, I'm trying to research things, and and I'm hearing things. What I know now was pre wrath but like at the time, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even know it was called pre wrath And so I'm I'm looking at it. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I'm kind of reading into it. But then something just did not sit well with me, and there was something about it. And so I finally took that to a uh, my old youth pastor and said, hey, what do you what do you know about this? And and, you know, he had gone to seminary and stuff. He's like, Oh no, this is this is what this is. And he was trying to tell me what it was. I was like, you know what? Something just didn't sit right with the whole thing. And I, I don't I don't know why I couldn't put my finger on it, but but you know, thankfully I had people there at the right time or the right place to help steer me in the right direction, or else I would have, mm-hmm. you know, wasted years going down other paths that I didn't need to go down. But
0: mm, absolutely.
1: <laughs> what what was- did
0: you say? I'm sorry, I cut you off.
1: Oh, you, you asked a question before all of this about the antichrist or the devil. Um, I did. Yeah. I think it was something to do with, um, oh, the, the revelation one and two, right. The, the rider on the white horse.
0: Yeah. And then I was actually going to ask you the next part of that, that confused people, um, that people think, because all people have to do is just read. So. It says the lamb opened the seals, but people say the devil is the one who's doing that. So, how can they not see that that's Jesus when it I don't know. Says, you
1: know. the lamb? So, the th- thing about, you know, the one thing that I've gotten the most pushback from, from like post trib and pre rapha is that they want to, they want so desperately to make the seal judgment something that man does or something that Satan does. And, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you read Revelation five, very clearly, the only being in the entire universe that can, that can even take this scroll from the father and open the seals and look at it is Jesus Christ. And the only reason that he can do that. And the only reason he is the one worthy enough to do that is because he is both fully God and fully man. Mm
2: -hmm. You know, when
1: he took on the incarnation and when Mary, when when uh, the Holy Spirit uh, overshadowed Mary and, and he willingly submitted himself, you know, out of, um, um, according to the the Father's plan of him coming down to be a man to redeem mankind. He's permanently infused that that human nature into him forever. Mm. You know, when mm-hmm. we see him in Revelation 5, he's still got the scars. Yeah. You know, it says he still looks like a, a lamb um, that was slaughtered. And so I think mm-hmm. he'll have those for the rest of eternity. He'll because those are going to be his battle scars that he'll show that I redeemed these people. Mm-hmm. Look, this this is how I did it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that, uh, not that I think I know that that's that's how he chooses to present himself, yeah,
2: is in, in that form and
1: fashion. He's going to keep that incarnation uh, mm-hmm. with him for for the rest of eternity. Now he is he is worthy because he is our kinsman redeemer. Mm-hmm. So when you go back and you read Leviticus, I think it's twenty-four, and you you see the the outline for what the responsibility of the kinsman redeemer is, and what that means about being able to retrieve a relative that's in bondage, um, whether it's an uncle, a brother, or some other um, relative, and then we see that story play out in the book of Ruth, with Boaz, with between Ruth and Boaz, and then you go from there to Revelation five. I mean, it just it's it's perfect. It, it just makes so much sense, and that's why Christ is the only one that's worthy. No angel yeah. did that. The Father didn't do that. The Holy Spirit didn't do that. Um Humans couldn't do that. This mm-hmm. was something that the Father and the, the Trinity, the, the triune God, had determined before they even created the universe. And this was going to be the way going forward. And the Son mm-hmm. agreed, and this was part of their... Divine plan of redemption for mankind, and then we see that play out this scarlet thread all the way from uh, Adam and Eve all the way through to here, to this, to the second coming. So mm-hmm. he is the only one that's worthy. And so when people tell me that the, that that the wrath of man and the wrath of Satan is what the seal judgments are, I take offense to that because very, very clearly and very easily you can go to Revelation five and see. Who's re- who? Who is the one that's the only one that's able to take the take the scroll and open the seals? And those seals, by the way, kick off everything else. I mean, Absolutely. so we don't we don't see somebody else opening another scroll to to open something else to unleash the trumpets, the trumpet judgments, and then later another scroll for the bowl judgments. It's just the one scroll. When he opens, mm-hmm. these things, it puts a chain reaction to, into play. And at the seventh seal, it opens the first trumpet. And at the seventh trumpet, it opens the first bowl. And at the end of that, we see Christ physically, personally returning in the skies with the armies of heaven uh, to reclaim his rightful reign as king of all, of everything, king of the yeah. universe. Yeah. So,
0: so go back to what you just said. So you said that the scroll, the entire scroll, is the seals, trumpets, and bowls?
1: Well, the, the scroll opens, the scroll is... It's, It's got the seals on the outside, right? So he's opening yeah. these seal judgments, and as he's opening them, it, these judgments are being unleashed on the earth. So as he opens mm-hmm. the first seal, like we see there, the Antichrist then begins to ride forth, or his time is allowed to begin, and he goes forth and rises to power and does what he's going to do, and then he opens the second seal. And as these seals are being opened, these things are playing out on the earth. But the seventh seal when that's opened then that triggers the trumpet judgments but I, I, there's no way i mean we, this is all speculation at this point but uh, mm-hmm. it's very possible that that's the the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments are inside of the scroll too as well as the thunders the seven thunders yeah. so yeah um it doesn't it doesn't say it's not there and it doesn't say that it is there so that's mm. it makes sense to me that all the judgments are on the scroll because mm-hmm. everything's been handed over to the sun
0: Mm, that's a great point. So you don't know what the seven thunders are? I mean, some guy wrote a book about those. I was, so clearly we need, to, we need to get him on the podcast because he's the only one who has the um enlightenment. Not even John. John yeah. didn't even have it, but this particular guy knows the Seven Thunders. It's amazing. I didn't even
1: know somebody I didn't even know somebody wrote a book on the seven thunders.
0: Sure did. If I had time yeah. to Google it, I sure. Yeah, he knew he he knows what the <laughs> seven thunders are. Absolutely. So um, I don't think there's I'm not reading the chat. So, um, Sandra, uh, we're going to move on now to read the other one because there's nothing else. I did send you a private chat for a message um, that came up in Rumble. So I don't know if you want me to copy and paste that or if you've got that. Um, Let me know. Thumbs up. You got it. Okay. Um, So while she's getting that prepared, I'm going to go ahead and get, um, I'm going to read now Revelation verses three and four, and then we'll get to the question after we are done reading. So Revelation six, God, I got too many buttons to click. That's for sure. Okay. So we are now reading. Um, Verses three and four. So I need to get to the right screen here, Pete. Okay. So it says here, um, there we go. All right. See, just too much. It's too much. I'm glad I'm a paralegal so I can multitask. So it says here, when he opened the second seal, because clearly we are there right now, I heard the second living creature saying come and see another horse fiery red oh I like that's how that's written in the new king james went out and it was granted to the one who sat on it to take peace from the earth and that people should kill one another and there was given to him a great sword so my question um Pete would be, this is kind of twofold in this. So we have a lot of things going on in our world right now. Um, we have the obvious one, Russia, Ukraine, Israel, and Palestine. So again, the parallel to, and this is, again, I'm glad we don't differ. So the parallel Matthew chapter 24, parallel to this one, we read it as well, but then also first Thessalonians, because this is, this is what I think. Okay. The rapture happens. I think the world for a brief moment, whatever that gap is, is going to be in a chaotic mess, kind of like we saw in 2020. Then um, I think the the Antichrist is going to kind of be behind the scenes during that time, so to speak. Like you'll see him coming up and kind of grabbing the attention of the public. So then we read, as you said previously, Daniel chapter 9, verse 27 is about confirming, making greater a peace treaty. With Israel and their surrounding nations. So once that peace treaty is signed, that is when the proverbial tribulation begins. Um, And then at that point... Um, this is, I guess, where that little gray area sits in for some of us who dive into Bible prophecy. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 3 says, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them. Clearly, I'm reading the King Jameth there. As travail upon a woman with child. And I found that part very interesting. And I never really dawned on me before because that's also to me, a parallel of Matthew 24 about the birth pangs. So, okay. And it says, and they shall not escape. So the reason I brought that in is because I feel some form of peace has to be set for it to be taken in seal two. So that is just my observation. I feel Daniel 9, the, the blood treaty assigned, that's what I call it. I know the Bible doesn't call it that. Um, this is in First Opinion, <laughs> Chapter 2. So The treaty is signed. The time clock literally begins. You can start counting, right, the first half, 1,260 days, so on and so forth. Now, that's when I truly believe Ezekiel 38 happens because now peace is taken from Israel. Um, And I've heard a lot of differing opinions about this lately, and I'm kind of marinating on all of them. Then peace is now taken because now war is ensuing. But so clearly, Pete, clearly, come on, okay. Listen, I'm going to be real sarcastic here. SEal one: OK, so Barack Obama is the Antichrist, Trump is the Antichrist, DeSantis is the Antichrist. Clearly in the I don't know, William, Prince, William, whatever, Harry. But we have to give these people now. We are definitely in the tribulation because of this. We are seeing wars, nation against nation. Come on, Pete, give me this seal. We have to be in the tribulation, right? So, what other wars are out there? I mean, can you name a few outside of the obvious?
1: Oh, there's like 46 conflicts going on right now. There's a civil war in Ethiopia. There's, I mean, there was as of uh, right before the uh, Turkish earthquake, but there is a, a war brewing between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Uh, I mean, there's there's conflict all over the world right now. So, um. I don't have so the list in, in the tribulation. front of me. It's, it's somewhere like 40. No, no. I. So, okay. So there's no, here's the thing. So there's no connective tissue between the official start of the 70th week and the rapture of the church. These are two different things. And there is a, there is an, a cause and effect relationship between the two. Yes, but there's no, you know, the, the rapture doesn't immediately start the 70th week and the 70th week doesn't immediately start the rapture. the the two are are think we got to think about prophecy in a, in a different way than what we're used to thinking about. So I know if you've seen most charts, um, you know if you uh, like for instance if you think about Robert breaker and he draws down on the the dry erase board, he's got the line and he's got the little diagrams and he's got the little bubbles and it's like the church age, the age of, and I'm just using him as an example because he always does it on a whiteboard um, or Daniel Barnett from DT, DTBM, uh whatever the, his DBTM show is. But anybody that draws on a, a dry erase board, you're drawing thing, ver, things very linear linearly because generally that's how we present two, two dimensional uh, diagrams of things. Um, but When the rapture, when the when the tribulation begins, and the first rider goes out, he doesn't. His ride doesn't end when the second horse starts. Right, he goes out forth. Let me draw it out this way: the second rider goes out, and they ride throughout the duration of the seventy weeks or the Mm seventieth. So, as you open the seals, I mean, if you want to put up my diagram, which is. It's probably easier to explain it that way.
0: Once you jumped off, though, it went away. So if you want to re-upload that, and I can add it to the stream while you're chit-chatting. Yeah, let's see. No,
2: it is. I've seen this before.
0: Oh, there it is. I got you. Okay, let me add it to the stream, and then we'll... Okay, so it's up on the screen.
1: Yeah. Okay, so can you see my mouse here? I can. Sure. Yep. Okay. So as these seals are open, they're gonna ride they're gonna ride throughout the duration of the entire 70th week. So the Antichrist doesn't go away, right? As soon as the red horse comes on the scene. The red horse doesn't go on the doesn't go away from the black, black horse goes on comes on. And likewise with the pale horse, right? They're all gonna ride. So we're gonna see this. These are removals of uh, things that were formerly restrained. The Antichrist, this one-world ruler, was restrained by the Holy Spirit prior to the rapture of the church. The global war, the global global conflict, it is not just war; it's neighbor against neighbor. I mean, think about two neighbors that you know hated each other before the rapture, but they kept their anger in check because they didn't want to go to prison. They, you know, they didn't want the consequences that came with it. Now those things are gone and now it's 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 going to be you know conflict and violence at the lowest level you know
2: mm-hmm.
1: all the way up from individual all the way up through nation, nation states so just that that whole spirit of violence is mm-hmm. going to be upon the world mm-hmm. of course right on the block, of course we'll be about you're going to see this economic turmoil in such a degree that that is the catalyst for i mean maybe the biggest selling point for the rat for the uh, Mark of the Beast that will come along later, mm-hmm. the the pale horse. You know when he rides, um, you know he's gonna he's it says death, it's death in Hades, right? So death is for the body and Hades is for the soul,
2: yeah.
1: and they're gonna spread death across the world, and that's gonna ride throughout the duration of it. Mm. And then when we get to the seal, that uh, seventh seal, then triggers the trumpet judgment. But all of these. Are triggered by what Jesus does first. He's the one that opens these, and that triggers everything else. So, all of yeah. the 70th week, Christ's wrath. It is His wrath. It is not man's wrath. There's no there's no distinction between the seal judgments and the trumpet judgments in terms of who's in charge, who's who's authored it. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus is the only one that's worthy enough to even take the scrolls and begin everything. And so, so, during the seal judgment, we'll see like a quarter of the world population die yeah you know we're at eight people now so that's two billion people yep and uh if you think back to every war that's ever been fought you know from today all the way back you know take the last soldier that died in ukraine and go all the way back to the first war or that's ever recorded or even you know it has ever happened that's only about 500 million people mm-hmm. you're going to see it's over almost six thousand years of history mm-hmm. now we're going to 2 billion people die in a very short period of time.
2: Absolutely. I mean, there's
1: death is in the uh, seal judgments.
0: Absolutely. And you're cutting in and out just a smidge, just so you know. Um, So it started happening once I presented that, which was so strange because that was just weird. Um, So for those who just um, are tuning in, let me just be clear. I don't believe that we're in the tribulation. I'm seeing some of these comments. I 100% am a pre-trib girl. uh, I'm just going on the basis of what we're seeing. And I do see Tyler has joined us this evening. So hello, Tyler. I just happened to look over. So Pete, you had said a lot of things there um, that um, we're going to discuss a little more in depth. So, but again, if we're seeing the world that we're living in today, what would your advice to be to someone when they're like, well, we have to be in the tribulation because of the conflicts that we're seeing today. I mean, I know Dr. Andy came on, I don't know, um, several, several months ago and I played the, the version of, I don't believe in the, the rapture, right? Um, I played the skeptic and I asked him those tough questions. So a part of me, not that we're doing that today, but there's so many people that I hear, even believers who firmly believe. And then I asked them, well, where's seal number one though? Like okay fine I'll give you two which I won't but I'm just saying so how do you tell someone we are so not in the tribulation but yet we're seeing so much of this happening how do you what how do you tell them that how do you convince them otherwise
1: I take them to Second Thessalonians Second Thessalonians chapter two and Paul is writing Second Thessalonians because there's been some communication supposedly in his name, a letter written in his name, telling the, that Thessalonica in church that um, that they were in the tribulation because they were suffering persecution under under one of the Caesars. I'm assuming it was Nero or, or whoever was right before Nero. And he's writing, no, 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 you're not in the tribulation yet. Here's the outline. Here's how things are going to go. Um, and he makes a very clear delineation in verses seven and eight let me let me read that real quick sure because I think that people people that don't that aren't pre-trib they love to go to second thessalonians mm-hmm. but they don't like to go to verses seven and eight for, mm. because it kind of debunks their whole <laughs> argument part, right.
0: let's debunk so. them all Pete let's debunk them all because like I said I don't want anyone to think that I am I'm not a pre-writer in those
1: People don't even care. I mean, like uh, there was a guy on on my when I did the video the other night. And he was trying to tell me that the Book of Revelation was written before 70 AD, and I was like, "Well, that's impossible." Mm-hmm. For one, um, you have all of these church fathers. And I list an amount when they lived. I said, all of these guys supported a late date for the Book of Revelation. You have uh, Polycarp, Byzantius, Hegisepius, I can't say his name. You know, I can't say. <laughs> Clement of Alexandria, <laughs> uh, um, Victorinus—I mean, there was a, just a, a ton of guys. Eusebius all said that, that the Book of Revelation was written late. It was written in, during somewhere around the time of Domitian, and Domitian mm-hmm. ruled from eighty-one A.D. to ninety-six A.D. And so Irenaeus, who was a he was a disciple of a guy named Polycarp. Polycarp was a personal disciple of John. So Polycarp, John told Polycarp. Polycopter told Irenaeus. So Irenaeus is two guys, re- one guy removed from the apostle John. He was saying that the book was written in, the book of Revelation was written in uh, toward the end of the reign of Domitian. So Domitian died in 96. So it had to have been mm-hmm. written somewhere between 81 and 96 AD. Mm-hmm. And he was when John was banished to the island of Pamos. And not to, I'm sorry to rabbit trail on this, but You're right. I listed all the facts out. He said, that, does, that doesn't even matter. I'm like, well, sure it matters. It's it's, it's his it's truth right there you know i'm I'm showing you he goes no no it can't be written you know after 70 ad and i was like well if you go to revelation 213 jesus himself says that he remembers the saint that was killed there i think it was in the church at pergamum his name was antipas and he was martyred there and he was martyred in we know historically that he was martyred in 92 ad we know that for a historical fact when jesus says it he doesn't say you know I, i let me read that to you Mm-hmm. For Thessalonians, Revelation 2, 2.13 Jesus says um, so this is to the church at Pergamos he says I know your works and where you dwell and where Satan's throne is and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith even in the days which Antip- Antipas was my faithful martyr who was killed past tense among you, where Satan dwells, past tense. So this had to be after the fact, and we know historically that Antipas was killed in ninety two A.D. That's without dispute, and mm-hmm. people still don't care. They're they are so blinded by their bias and their their hatred, and I believe mm-hmm. it's a demonic hatred for the pretrib rapture that they will use whatever reasoning and whatever whatever they don't care about truth anymore, and that's the mm-hmm. same. You, you know, not to not to make this about Trump, but you know, you know people. I know people. They all they don't care what Trump really said or didn't say. They yeah. just hate him, hate them, to hate them. and that's okay. They don't have to like them. and I'm you know whatever. I'm, that's not my point. My point is is that people don't care about truth anymore. All they care about is how they feel and their own their own biases. And and if I came a point, if I came across across scripture and just a solid undeniable fact, let's just say that the pre-trib rapture was wrong
2: mm-hmm. and it
1: was clearly um, irrefutably wrong and, and there's no way I could argue against it, I would have to change my position. But I have never yeah. come up and I don't, any other solid pre-trib guy has never seen that either. When you take a consistent view of Scripture, a consistent hermeneutic of, you know, the literal, grammatical, historical interpretation of the Bible, the pre-trib rapture is the only logical Rapture position that the Bible presents, without contradicting itself, you can Absolutely. be. Rapture, you're going to contradict other places. You can be post-trib because there are some passages that seem to think, seem to lead you to believe that it's post-trib, but you contradict other doctrines. The pre-trib is the only one that doesn't contradict anything. So yeah. I don't know. That that's my rabbit trail. But to go to Second Thessalonians two, the part where pre-rathers and and post tribbers hate this. <laughs> And you're asking, okay, how can I prove undeniable? Mm-hmm. Well, we know that the the Antichrist has to be re- be revealed because mm-hmm. uh, the whole section. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I just want to read this this section here, and uh, starting in verse. And you're five.
0: in Second Thessalonians two, and what chapter?
1: Uh, chapter two. Chapter two. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I picked up my Bible to lean closer, and then I lost my place. Here it is. Verse 5, it says, Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, and that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he, who now restrains, will do so until he is taken out of the way. And here's the key point right here. And then the lawless one will be revealed. That and then, separating verses seven and eight, delineate that there's a cause and effect. Something happens first, and then something happens because of that action.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: Holy Spirit is restrained until He is taken, or the restrainers restrains until He is taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed. So then, that drives you to the the down the path of okay. Well, who who is what? Who restrains? What restrains? That leaves you, there's only like four categories you can go to. So who's going to restrain evil around the world? You have government, you have Michael the Archangel, you have Satan or like the Antichrist or some kind of demonic forces, and then you have the Holy Spirit. Mm. So if you go through those logically, human government doesn't restrain evil. I mean, it does to a degree, right? I mean, God gave human government, put human government in place in Genesis 9. Uh, so that man can keep a check on man and but well, we know plenty of, of evil, evil, evil governments that have just run rampant across the world. And not even governments, but empires and kingdoms and things like that. So clearly they're not restraining evil. I mean the right. Nazis didn't restrain evil. The the um, the uh the Huns, you know, think about all the barbarian tribes, the Roman Empire. I mean there's been plenty of plenty of evil kingdoms and governments in place throughout history. So they don't restrain evil. They only do what's in their best interest. Any kingdom mm-hmm. only does what's in its best interest. It, it, you know, so then we go to Michael the Archangel. Well, Michael the Archangel is, is not omnipresent. He can only be at one place at any given time. That Any angel is, is not omnipresent. I don't care what angel it is. They're not omnipresent. That's how they were created. They're like us, we're not omnipresent. I'm only here mm-hmm. in my hotel room at this one place in time. I can't be everywhere at once. Right? right then you, that leaves you with the devil and satanic forces. And clearly that would be very much against their own <laughs> agenda mm. to restrain themselves, you know, right. Absolutely. And so even Jesus, mm. said, right. And then Matthew, uh, I want to say 11 or 12, um, when they accused him of, of using um, Beelzebub to cast out demons, he's like, how, how can Satan stand against Satan? You know, like a house divided cannot stand. Right. So then that only option that leaves you with, and the most logical option is the Holy spirit who was, was given visibly at in acts chapter 2 on the day of pentecost as a show force to believers not only just to to seal and indwell us but through us would would help restrain the forces of evil and the evil that we face in the world is is not just human evil but it's what paul says in ephesians six twelve that you know we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities Powers of darkness and so on and so forth. So that's the real evil in the world, and th- that evil uses humans to carry out their evil machinations. So mm. the, Holy, the Holy Spirit, too, it, when it says He's taken out of the way, I believe that's the the ministry of restraint. Not that the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, because He's again He's omnipresent. He's everywhere. Right. Just like the Holy Spirit was on the earth and was omnipresent before Acts chapter two, before mm-hmm. the day of Pentecost, He was already here on the earth. Right. He's been here since creation. Since Absolutely. That um, this this particular ministry that he's given that Jesus lays out in the upper room discourse in John 14 through 17, he was called the comforter there. But now he's also the restrainer. We know that according to what Jesus describes there in John 16 in John 14 and 15, that this, the Holy Spirit is going to be doing multiple things at the same time, mm-hmm. right? judging the world and sin Guiding the believers in all truth, you know, sealing the believers until the day of redemption. So there's multiple roles that the Holy Spirit's doing this. And Jesus said, it's, it's beneficial that I go so that the Holy Spirit can come. And because he could be everywhere at once. Jesus could only be at one place at one time when he was in his flesh. Mm-hmm. He, was there and he, was in, there. he would be mm-hmm. wherever he walked to or wherever he traveled. That's where he was. But he wasn't omnipresent while he was in his earthly ministry. But the Holy Spirit can be everywhere at the same time. So,
2: Mm,
0: Absolutely. So we had a lot of questions and comments rolling through. So Sandra's going to put some of this up um, on the screen. So this one says, uh, and I have to read for the podcast purposes, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him and go through the rapture will have eternal life. Oh, wait, that's not what it says. Observer, that's funny. And we will get to your other question on Rumble observer in a little bit. Um, So Sandra, if you can post the next one, that would be great because it's pertaining to this topic um, here. And again, you know, we're not, I don't want to stir the pot. I do believe that there are some brethren who definitely believe in a mid-trib, but I just, you know, the pre-wrath and the post, especially post, I can't give anyone a post. Like I'm like, what Bible are you studying? And first of all, who's going to repopulate the millennial kingdom? If we all go up in a yo yo effect, someone we don't birth in our glorified bodies. So, what are we doing um, having magical babies like that one? I can't give that to anyone, but um, so anyway, there are um, a few others. So, Sandra, do you need me to scroll up or you got it? Um, because I know you started some of them. Okay, here's another one Is there anywhere I can get a copy of your timeline, Pete? Um, Sorry, this person, uh, Sarah, just tuned in, and um, so she wants to know where she can get a copy of that PDF that we had, that file. Is it on your Rev310.net?
1: Yeah, it's on Rev310.net. If you go, if you're on a laptop and you're looking at it, um, just go to the top. There's a bunch of tabs there, and one one will say charts, and then there's all, all the charts I've made on different things are there, so... I don't know. I've not found a way yet to where you can click on it and it, and it goes full size. I think you might have to just kind of save the image of the PDF and then you could blow it up to whatever size. And, and I'm going to get around to like, um, supercharging. Cause I have a lot of art on there too, that when you click on it, it stays small. So I haven't figured out yet how to, <laughs> how to get that yeah. to get to like a normal size. So uh, how do you there. have time for anything?
0: Yeah. Your art, your blogging, your podcasting, books i mean your art's amazing by the way it really is
1: i mean it's it's i mean it's ai art so i was doing this before chat gpt came out so and i don't use chat gpt or dolly Mm. or, or any of those but um it's just a it's a simple program um you're typing in here's the gist of why i even went this direction um as of say 2018, 2019, you know, when YouTube started getting super weird about things and copywriting mm-hmm. and everything, I got really paranoid about the art because for the, for years I was just grabbing stuff off of, you know, mm. I tried to find image free, you know, or stock free royalty images and things like that, but that, that is few and far between. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, uh, the only people that had really decent, you know, eschatological art were the Mormons. <laughs> unfortunately i mean they just they put they have a, lot a lot of effort lot. Into their art <laughs> so know. i was like well how can i i just <laughs> want to make my own art because if i want to mm. capture something and i'm writing about different so many different topics that you know i just wanted to have that leeway so i can use that image and since i pay for the service it's mine it's copyrighted to me but i mean i don't i let anybody use it so i mean if somebody else mm. wants to use my stuff they can but um Good to know <laughs> but yeah but yeah that kind of stuck Stuck in that, and that's just kind of where I'm at right now. And it's just, it's like anything else. It's a tool. Like I mean, it's like the internet. The internet can be used for good. It can be used for evil. You know, Absolutely. YouTube can be used for good. It can be used for evil. A Facebook, all that other stuff. So it's yeah. to me, I look at it just as a tool, like everything mm-hmm. else.
0: Well, you're very creative for sure. So there's the other one. So somebody named so this is coming from Linda um, Pella Torini. Pella, I can't sure. Hel- How do you say that? What do you th- okay, hel- that sounds Italian. Linda, yeah. that, right? Doesn't that sound Italian?
2: Politary, I don't, don't know. So.
0: She'll probably be like, I'm German. Um, <laughs> okay, so Linda said somebody named John Henry Holloway. There's, there she said about the Seven Thunders. There we go. John Henry Holloway. He wrote about the Seven Thunders.
1: It's got to so, be a um, within.
0: No, he got the word from the Lord. Mm-mm. No, God came down to him kind of like the Passion Translation, you know, and God's given that dude another book of the Bible. I don't know if you're aware of that one, but yeah, because the Bible clearly is not enough. So he had to go through his (laughs) gates and whatever rooms that he went in and the library that God showed him. He said, You're going to write a new book. Okay. So, uh, Cassandra, I know there was a few more next. Okay. Uh, From Rumble, this is from Observer 777. Um he asked why does Matthew 24 through 25 say quote to go uh to go to the Judean mountains I'm assuming that's what he meant for the Jews during the tribulation to be protected and not give the church a place to go. Oh, yes, because that's the church won't be here. So how would you explain that to somebody when they're told to flee to the mountains? like everything when you read in the bible is very jewish cuz i don't need to grab my cloak and anything i don't need to worry about the sabbath so there's a lot of buzz terms in there how would you explain that great uh, observation there observer
1: i mean there's a note saying um it says that the whole bible was written for us but it's not all written to us and so that's that's one of the great uh things that helped me um as I was coming up through the faith, was becoming a dispensationalist. I wasn't a dispensationalist at the beginning. I, I, I took that route because that made the most sense to me. And when you look at the Bible through that lens, um, and somebody, if you're, let's say, you're talking to an atheist and they're saying, "Well, do you still believe that you should stone your children because they disobey you, like stone them to death?" I'm like, "No. Well, that doesn't apply." to to who we are today, not because of the age we live in, or not because of this the 21st century, but because we're different that was written for different people for a different time for a different purpose. They were under the age of the law. And they had made this covenant with with God at Mount Sinai and Exodus nineteen. And so God gives us some crazy, you know, he gives them the Ten Commandments, but it ends up being six hundred and thirteen laws that they have to follow. And then when you add in all the laws that they build around those to protect those laws, it it's it became so uh, cumbersome that there's no way that anybody can keep the law. And that's why the, it was designed that way to show them that nobody could keep it. And the only one that could keep that was Jesus. And he fulfilled the law perfectly. He became the perfect sacrifice. The only person in human history that could do it and and be completely sinless in it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that's, that's, the, that's the intent of the law. So I, you know, pretty easy to explain that to you, um, you know, Somebody that wants to really misconstrue something out of the Bible, which they, they're they prone to do.
0: You don't say. I would have never <laughs> guessed the day and age that we're living in. I thought everyone was getting it right. No? Okay. No. I guess I shall carry on then with my podcast. Okay, good, good to know. Um, okay, I know there was another one, so we'll wait for Sandra to put that one up. I saw one with the Antichrist. Um, on there. I'm looking at Rumble to see if anything else came through. Okay, so this is a question from, or statement from Samantha. I believe Antichrist is here. He may not know who he is yet. Satan is getting him ready. Just my thought. We are too close for him to not be here. Your thoughts? I think the Antichrist is present as well. I believe the devil has an Antichrist for every generation, so you think so?
1: Yeah, I think he's alive and well. In fact, I think um, and this, this part is a theory because there's no way to, to prove or disprove it, but I think uh, obviously the 10 kings would be alive, and that uh, probably he's got you know, Satan's probably got about you know, 15 or 20 candidates right now queued up, and he's closely shepherding them into whichever path is gonna go forward, you know. And I was thinking about this too, right? Um, I was well, earlier today, I was reading through, um, Revelation uh, 6, you know, preparing for tonight and stuff, and I was thinking about how Christ's ministry was three and a half years long, and that's pretty much uh, mm-hmm. um, a known fact, right? It was about three and a half years long, just b- based off of the number of feasts that he would go through, and, and so mm-hmm. and that's recorded in Scripture. I believe he went through four Passovers. <clears throat> so um, the Antichrist when he, when he comes forth in the, as the rider on the white horse, he is going to be the man of sin, just as it's described there in Second Thessalonians 2. And at the midpoint, so three and a half years into it, he's going to be killed. And then he's going to be resurrected by Satan or, or personally indwelt by Satan himself. He spends the last three and a half years as the son of perdition. So the only other person was... Um, the only other person that was called the son of perdition was Judas Iscariot, right? Who Satan also mm-hmm. indwelt personally. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to me that these—the rule of the man of sin is three and a half years. So like Jesus' ministry was three and a half years. Mm-hmm. This man's ministry is going to be three and a half years. And I was thinking that it's—you know—again, th- this is this part's conjecture. At the the at the midpoint where we see the abomination of desolation. When this man is killed, and I believe he's literally killed, right? He's got a lethal a wound, right? A deadly wound. And when he's resurrected, he is somehow going to tie his resurrection as Satan is indwelling this man and bringing him back in whatever fashion that is, that he is going to say that he has fulfilled that full seven years of. Christ's ministry, that he's going to pretend to be Christ the first three and a half years. Mm -hmm. He's this great Messiah-like figure. He gets killed. He's resurrected. Now Satan is indwelling him, you know, um, um, copying, you know, basically that Christ, that God has come onto the earth now. Now that that Satan is physically involved, but the point I'm trying to make in all this is that is there were these like three and a half year increments, right? So Jesus' ministry was three and a half years. Obviously, this theory wouldn't wouldn't be worth anything if Jesus' ministry was four years or six years or, or you know mm. seven years or two years. But it's three and a half years, and then Satan, as the man of sin, is three and a half years, and then as the son of perdition, he's three and a half years. So something about mm. that three and a half years kind of figures like it it completes the seven years. And somehow Satan is, or this Antichrist guy at the midpoint is going to try and spin it like he, the tribulation's over. You know, there's, yeah, now, yeah. now he's, he's, he's coming, you know, mm. Satan has come in the flesh, you know, pretending, masquerading to be God.
2: Mm.
0: So. so do you, let me just piggyback off of that. So um, do you think, and this just popped in my head as you were talking, do you think that the, antichrist is going to know biblically that this is the tribulation
1: you know i know satan does and i think satan yeah. takes it seriously okay and we that's why we see the world r- this ramp ramming through so much globalism and they don't even care anymore they don't care that it's not constitutional they don't care that it's breaking the law or that it doesn't make any sense they're just mm-hmm. ramming it through anyways they don't even care who's mm-hmm. dying what it destroys, trying to get to this point to where they can implement total global control. Mm -hmm. Um, I I know Satan knows and Satan seems fixated on the year 2030 for whatever reason. Well, Mm -hmm. well, the reason is that's right around the 2000th anniversary Mm -hmm. of Christ. The last time Christ was on the earth. Yeah, Um, But I don't know that the antichrist as the man knows that he's going to be used. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it this way. If, If the antichrist knew and believed what the fate of the antichrist was.
2: <laughs> yeah. He was a valid point. Alive
1: yeah, into the lake of fire. Like nobody would want to do that. So mm-hmm. whoever, unless antichrist, he
0: thought he can adjust the timeline, just adjust the plan that only the devil could deceive him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, maybe he thinks that there's a fighting chance that they can thwart God's, you know, divine. Maybe.
0: That's why they go down to the battle of Armageddon.
1: Yeah. That could to be that.
0: fight, you know, I don't know. I just thought about that, Pete. So on a side note, Sandra, I don't know if you realize, but next to the live button at the top, it under comments, it also shows your starred. So you can click that little, like, if you go up to the top of comments, sorry to totally digress here, guys, make it a lot easier for (laughs) her than scrolling through the entire chat. So you see it thumbs up. Okay, perfect. I didn't know if you knew that was there, but if not, there you go. Um, So instead of me reading, I'm going to have you read um, the next part uh, so we can move along here in our tribulation series. Cause clearly we're here. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, okay. So in verses five through six, um, you should know this because, you know, you've been in the military and you know that after war, um, many things happen after war happens. And in mm-hmm. Revelation 5 and 6, if you want to read that for us real quick, there's some things that I want to ask you that are mentioned there that many people have questions mm-hmm. over. And then I want to talk a little bit before I ask you what I need to ask mm-hmm. you. So do you can you read Revelation um, verses 5 through 6? And I will put that on the screen really quick so everyone who's watching can also see.
1: Yeah, it says, when he opened the third seal, so when the heat He that's opening these seals is still Jesus. When Jesus opens the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come and see. So I looked, and behold, a black horse, and he who sat on it had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine.
0: Okay. So again clearly pete we're in the tribulation because i did a little research um for those who know know that i'm a paralegal and research is my middle Mm -hmm. name um so if you go to and i posted the link in the show notes if you go to bls.gov and you type in an amount say from 1999 to current day whatever it'll give you what the amount is so i just hypothetically because i live on the west coast of Florida. It's not as expensive as South Florida, but it's pretty pretty high to live here. So prime example. Around my neck of the woods, if you were to get something very antiquated, outdated, no modern fixtures, you could back in 2020, you probably could have bought a house around here um 7 miles from the beach um for about like $250,000. Again, nothing fancy, it's It's definitely, you have to fix her up. So that same house is going for about $600,000 now. So what I did just for podcast purposes, because clearly inflation has a new definition under this administration. So what I did is I started in 2020 and I typed in what a house costs for 400,000. So that same home, current day would be at $708,000. Then I typed in for a $4 loaf of bread or a wonderful, very golden egg. I guess they're all golden now. Our our eggs are golden. Um, Is now $7.09. So again, go on the website, do this all yourself. So after the comes Famine. You had mentioned three things, what you just read. You mentioned about scales in a hand, a quart of wheat and barley, and the oil and the wine. Second seal, people are like, We're there, we can see it. I'd even give people this seal that we can see it, right? So what does scales in the hand mean? What is that what is that talking about? And why should we say that that's why we're in the tribulation?
1: Well. You know, so think about it this way: if Satan, if Satan's goal was to implement a mark of the beast system that that no man could buy or sell, lest he have this mark on his hand or his right hand or his forehead, how do you get somebody to do that? If the world is normal, the world is perfect, you can go down to the store and buy a carton of eggs for a dollar fifty. Uh, Gas is you know under two dollars. Your your mortgage. Is manageable. Nobody's going to be motivated to go get this done. So he is creating the conditions in the world. Well, let me back up. The the rider on the black horse that's unleashed allows for this conditions that Satan is going to take advantage of to drive people to the point of desperation that that makes the mark the only solution. So when the when you have this Political leader going forth to conquer and to to go out and conquer, and he does right conquering, followed by the war, the rider on the red horse, which unleashes war across the world. There's gonna when this guy goes forth to ride and to conquer, not all these countries are going to be on board with this. We see this great divide, this great uh, schism in the world today, where we've got Russia, China, and then all of those countries that are in their satellite, in their orbits. Siding with them, and then you have like the Western coalition of Western Europe, uh, Australia, North America, you know, South Korea, and other places that are in this other orbit. So we have these. We already have this divide in the world today. So let's say that. Well, we know that for that this antichrist is coming to come out of the the old Roman Empire from somewhere, right? According to Daniel nine twenty six, um, the this rise to meteoric rise to power is going to be something that's going to trigger a reaction from this other side of the world who do not want to be under their thumb they don't want to be under this new world order this new beast kingdom or whatever they're going to call it there Mm -hmm. and they're going to fight and in the fighting in that conflict in the war is going to come devastation economic devastation cities are going to be laid to waste whole economic systems are going to be destroyed um, you know, the whole, you know, the, this world operates right now, uh, on a very finely tuned system. And if one little thing goes out of whack, you know, the whole thing gets skewed and everything starts happening. And then it's like a chain reaction. Well, this is that black ride on the black horse is this result of this chain reaction. And you're going to talk about hyperinflation through the roof where just like the Weimar Republic in uh, post-World War One you know, people were getting paid at like every two hours because the, their currency was devaluating so fast. So you got paid at lunch, you ran out, you went out and you got a, you know, big box full of, you know, uh, Reich marks just to go buy, buy some bread. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the day, you got paid again. So you could go and you need two boxes now, because now it takes two boxes to buy bread. Wow. I mean, people with wheelbarrows, mm-hmm. I mean, the the currency that this current system that we're under this fiat system that we're under is is going to just be completely destroyed and any remnants of it and the only option is going to be is this new mark mark system this new mark of the beast and so um, yeah you know I think what we're getting now is a glimpse of what's coming but here's the thing too that I, I here here's absolute proof that there is a restraint restraining if you go back a year or two ago and we had all the massive uh, shipping problems out of China because Mm. China was locked in port cities where they couldn't ship anything out and so many goods were coming out of China. So now things were being impacted in the United States where you couldn't get a particular chip for a car. So now the car uh, makers couldn't, Uh, roll these new vehicles off the line or Peterbilt trucks or, you know, computers, laptops. I mean, so many things were dependent on this one little thing because China was locked down. And when they finally, and then not only were they locked down, but ships that were going into China had to stay off, off the coast. And now they were, there's thousands of ships off the coast that could go in and they were out there for months and months and months. Right. And so there's, this the system that we're in now is very finely tuned. And if one little thing happens, it just kind of throws everything uh, into chaos. And so that's mm-hmm. what these this wars, these global wars are going to uh, cause. They're going to cause this economic collapse of the of the old system that we're under now. And we're starting to see this burgeoning of the system, right? Well, the whole, you know, I don't know how many videos you've seen on YouTube or how many videos you've seen on Rumble of articles you read where, man, by this December... Uh, the economy is going to be collapsed. Mm-hmm. We're going to, you know, you're, you're eating last year's food today. Yeah, uh, you know, there's not going to be no more diesel. How many things that people list out that said we're going to be out of them. And yet we're still here and things are still moving along. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I was talking to Tyler or somebody, I was like, man, I can't believe that this other shoe hasn't dropped yet. It feels like it should have dropped last year, Yeah, but it hasn't, you know, we're still mm-hmm. thinking, and when you really sit back and think about it, you're like, why hasn't the economy collapsed yet? Because we're at thirty-one trillion dollars in debt.
2: Yeah,
1: mm. even, You can't even picture how much money that is if you were to put it all on pallets. I mean, it would stack mm-hmm. to the moon back. Mm. Um, and, and so we haven't collapsed yet. And we kind of we're the 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 uh, the 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 giant bolt that's pulling this whole system, this global economic uh, economic system together. So thing is keeping things in place supernaturally
2: absolutely
1: that's we're not seeing the full effects of what should have, should have happened like you know five or ten years ago mm-hmm. we should perhaps we should already be in world war uh, if there's a thing called the um the um theory of generational dynamics and the guy that came up with this series showing through history like every 80 years nations and empires go through this massive upheaval and when we look in our own country, we see the same thing. So, if you go from the Revolutionary War, you go fast forward 80 years, you get to the Civil War. Fast forward 80 years from that, you get to World War II. Fast forward from that, we're we were in that window. but we're just coming out on the kind of the backside of it. And all the other wars and things that we fought are wars that we chose to fight. We mm-hmm. chose to get into. We chose to get into the Korean War. We chose to go to you know start a fight in Vietnam. We chose to go into the Gulf Gulf War. We chose to. To do what we did in the war on terror, those weren't wars that we were dragged into, kicking and screaming, like World War II with Pearl mm-hmm. Harbor and and um, or the Civil War. With just you know, it was it was th- those kind of wars that happen? They're they're just like a train wreck. They can't stop. They can't stop. They're just coming at each other, and there's no way to stop it. Right? Yeah. Other things, these other wars that we get into, they're they're all things that we could easily avoid, but we chose to get into them for for whatever
2: economic
1: mm-hmm. reasons. So this shoe should have already dropped. We should have already be, we should right now be in the midst of some really crazy chaotic times, but we're not. Things are being supernaturally held in place. I believe the Holy Spirit is holding it and holding It's going to hold it in Mm -hmm. place until the right time. And and I believe the right crisis, which I believe is Mm -hmm. the rapture of the church. It will collapse the United States. And when it collapses the United States, it will be unmistakable because it's Mm going to trigger a global um, uh, chain of events. Now there's this giant sucking hole vacuum where a power that used to be the United States. And this is what a, you know, this is where you see the opportunity for the white horse to come in. You see the opportunity for the red horse to happen. You see the opportunity for the black horse to happen. Mm-hmm. This is where happened. And it's, you know, in heaven, when Jesus is on, you know, opening these, in these seals from the scroll, he's doing it in, in heaven and, and opening these seals. Yeah. So heaven is in the eternal realm; it's not in time. Like we're we're in time; we are confined to time mm-hmm. uh, in this reality. But in heaven, it's a, you know it's the eternal realm. Yeah. So we don't understand how when he opens the seal there. How fast does it play out down here? We don't mm. know. It's it's all conjecture. Nobody on the planet knows that because the Bible doesn't tell us how fast that happens. We just know that yeah. it, it does. So. To get too deep into that <laughs> i mean because we don't think <laughs> about it too much
0: <laughs> no worries clearly you're upsetting someone in the feed and i don't know who's moderating on youtube but um the, whoever that person is he's he's very mean and angry and i don't put that so i appreciate you coming on this eon guy but um I don't. I don't know if anyone knows him, but he's he's just he's kind of way out there, and I don't want a distraction here on the feed. I I don't personally tolerate that during the chat, so I don't know if you guys can mute him or do whatever. But um,
2: he uh, clearly, been, you, know, you
0: don't know what you're talking about with the seals is basically <sighs> his point. So, um, but he's not coming across in a very loving manner of agreeing to disagree agreeably so and i think you know me well enough pete i don't i don't you know like i'm gonna speak my mind i'm thinking yeah no we don't need that i'm listening to you very intently and i see this nothing but caps distracting me so i apologize that i kept looking over there so if he cannot play nice then he won't play at all
1: <laughs> so yeah you know, i don't even i don't even tolerate online. Stir
0: up trouble pete wherever you go
1: I, I do. Go ahead. People hate truth. People they hate know. the truth. Amen. And that's just, um, I, like I said on my on my channel, I had somebody that I was going through very patiently and explaining and and taking a lot of time to go through and explain why Revelation was written in ninety six A.D. and not before seventy A.D. And they just don't care. They don't. They don't. The facts bounce is like kryptonite to them. They just, you know, it's like sunlight to a vampire. They just like, you know, like they can't take facts sorry, they're so, so brainwashed that. in this some some mm-hmm. position yeah and you, you know they're not going to be dis- distracted by the truth and they're not going to be distracted by the facts all they mm-hmm. care about is this one little thing that they're focused hyper focused on so and i just tell them i'm like look we can disagree you want to go through the tribulation that's totally on you're an adult you know if you want to go through it you know why wait they need missionaries <laughs> in north korea you could go <laughs> there today you could get a flight mm. to china to iran to any number of countries that christianity is illegal in and you can get started on your persecution now you don't have to wait till the tribulation you can go now and do it and at that point they they get pretty angry at me <laughs>
0: so yeah I was like, hey, well um please. this this guy doesn't like you or person i don't know what they are? They were just yelling, caps to me, or just yelling. Unless you want to ask a question, but if you're all capping, I don't, I don't. Why are you yelling? We're just sitting here having a dialogue. We're talking about scales and hands, and this guy's yelling. I just felt very like, okay, I'm trying to listen, and I just see yelling.
1: So well, yeah, what, what makes me it curious to me is like, I don't go into post. If this is a post trip show, I don't go into post trip show because I don't find any value in going into that. Exactly. You know, I I've, obviously they believe something wrong, and I'm not going to waste my mm-hmm. time to go in there and right. troll their channel. Absolutely. So why? Absolutely. Clearly, this is a pre trip show. Why would you come on here right. unless you just have ill intent? You know. Right. Well, my title
0: might have ill-trib. been deceiving. Oh, but I don't know. I I don't I don't know. So well, that's, um, that's uh, not you
1: then. <laughs> that's your fault. <laughs>
0: it's <laughs> my fault. But it's probably one of your people though, because I don't get these many people watching me unless you're on. Cause I'm a very small little nobody sitting here in Clearwater. Um, tease him. um so Sally has a question. Let's uh, digress here real quick. So BP and E, um, or Sally, or as one time I called her Shelly. So in a email or text or whatever we were doing. Okay. So question, what do you think about the verse Zechariah one eight, which states the red horse comes before the white.
1: I will be completely, um, honest I've read through this numerous times. I've listened to numerous people. I don't have the foggiest clue what Zachariah's horses are, and the best explanation I've probably heard was from Andy Woods um, that there's, you know, that there's probably some kind of loose correlation. Um, but even, you know, if I go to Andy Woods and then I go to JD. Frog, and then i go to tom hughes and i go to all these different everybody's got a different <laughs> bill salas everybody's got a different you know thought on it so honestly i don't know i don't know zach this this particular chapter with i mean these this particular subject with the horses these multicolored horses um has always been intriguing to me but i have not i've not yet settled on anything that i thought oh that totally makes sense so um mm-hmm. sorry darling i wish i could help you on that i i if you know, I reserve the right to say, I don't know. That's my get out of jail free card.
0: There you go. All right. So before we get to another question, though, let's uh, finish this. So were you done, though, with the scales on in hand? I totally, I don't know. My brain just got distracted with Mr. Ebor or whatever his name was yelling at us because clearly uh, we don't know. I don't remember. So what is so I the court of wheat and that. barley? What does that mean? What What is exactly the picture of a court of wheat and barley?
1: This is going to be a picture of hyper, hyperinflation where.
0: So worse than it is right now.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're working all day just to buy in just enough food to feed yourself. And not even Mm -hmm. really feed yourself just to, to stay off starvation. Right. I mean, you're not, you know, if I worked all day, I don't even have enough money. I'm not earning enough money to make, provide for my family. I'm just like, I'm just working enough. To make enough money so I could buy a sandwich for me until <laughs> like, I go back mm. to work, have enough energy. Yeah. Um, so this is a picture of hyperinflation juxtaposed with do not harm the oil and wine, that there's going to be this ultra wealthy that are going to also exist during this time who've made money mm. off of everything collapsing. I don't know what they call it. Uh, sh- they call it shorting, right? If you're going to short a stock, um, that's how um, mm. <clears throat> George Soros made crazy money he he bet against the year um the british pound this was Mm, 20 years ago yes and uh it shorted the pound and like i think Mm -hmm. he's banned from going to england like he can't go he physically can't go there from my understanding so Mm -hmm. but he made billions off of shorting this this you know stock that was going on with this um with the currency there so currency manipulation but again this this is all these are all kind of layers going into desperation that are going to drive people to the point where the the mark of the beast is the only logical solution for mm. fixing. You know, from a human perspective, the only way to yeah. fix all their problems.
0: So the oil and the wine that's been under debate as well. I agree with you. I do believe it's a picture of the wealthy. Um, other people say that it's not. I, have you heard that before? They don't believe that's yeah. what oil and wine means.
1: No, I, I just kind of take it at its most basic meaning, its most basic mm-hmm. understanding. How somebody would understand it, I understand mm-hmm. it that way today. I think somebody in the first century would understand it, oil and wine as as symbols of luxury that Correct. the wealthy have. Somebody mm-hmm. in the fifth century would understand it that way too. So the whole, yeah. I, we, we didn't even use oil like you know barrels of oil and and for automobiles and everything else. We didn't even really that we didn't even use that until like the nineteenth century, so you know, the nineteenth going into the twentieth century, so mm-hmm. um that would have been unknown to the previous twenty centuries or you know the previous nineteenth centuries before that, so I, I don't think that's what it means i think it it has to deal with it's this juxtaposed between extreme poverty and extreme wealth,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, I agree with that because I think that's clearly. Written as well um, in the scripture. So before you go on and continue to read in um Revelation, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the fourth seal. And you had mentioned this before. And I did a video, I think it was actually called Are We in the Tribulation. Um, it was an older one along with your disappearing that I uploaded on YouTube. But anyway, I think the link is in the show notes. It's called Left Behind Numbers. But anyway, so you had said, so I just want to just say this really quick. We have roughly 8 billion people on the planet. And in that video, um, I did it at 7.9, but the same difference. I did a breakdown of the number of the people that I feel that will be left behind. I know people think this grandiose number um, are going to be raptured. I personally don't believe that, but that's just me. So I gave it an estimate of 10% of the global population is raptured. So that means eight hundred million people would be gone. That would leave seven point two billion people left. Now that's not including out of that seven point two billion, those who may die during the rapture. So I do believe in car wrecks. I don't. I don't know if planes are going to fall out of the sky. I don't know. I mean, I know there's autopilot, but they have to enact the autopilot in order for it to land itself. Um, but anyway, there's going to be catastrophes on the roads. So, and clearly there's going to be train wrecks because that seems to be the norm right now. So, we'll just keep it there. Okay, so that would be 800 million people would be gone, 7.2 left. Now, if you take and yeah. you had said the number before, 2 billion people alone in this seal alone Pete. Like let that number just set on people their brains right now. 2 billion people in the fourth seal alone so now i'm I'm not going to give anyone the first seal i'm sorry the antichrist may be here but he's not here like he's not taking the global stage fine i'll give you the second and the third there's no possible way i'm going to give you the fourth seal though because tell me where even under 2020 with covid tell me where we have seen two billion people dead in one fell swoop I mean, even what happened in Turkey and Syria, I believe that number is right around 50,000. I might be a little bit high on that. My last check was like 47,000. But even then, that one catastrophic event took out 43,000 people. So your thoughts on all of this? Because, again, this is to me as clear as day. If you want to read the passage real quick and then speak upon it so people know what we're talking about, this is the fourth seal in the book of Revelation. As I put you on the spot, Pete, he
1: says, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come and see. So I looked and behold, a pale horse in the name of him who sat on on it was death. And Hades followed with him and power was given to him over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword with hunger, with death and by the beast of the earth.
0: Mm. So do you think that's total combined though? Cause notice how it says with the war, the pestilence and the famine, do you think that's a total combine right now of all the seals right now together, working together on this fourth seal?
1: Yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I said, you know, you're looking at the, the interesting thing in this is the, you have death and hell. So mm. death being for the body and hell being for the soul, following closely together, writing closely mm. together. And I don't, and the one thing I don't understand um, is if these are fallen angels or these are actual entities. I believe there's some kind of entity, some kind of demonic entity. But because then later on in Revelation, we see that they're cast into hell too until light the light of fire. So yeah. they're actual beings. Maybe it's the angel of death that we see in Exodus in the, one of the plagues, the last plague. Yeah. Um, I yeah. I don't, know, I don't know for sure.
0: It's just a lot of people yeah. and it's sad. It really is. People don't understand. Like, we're not talking about this in a funny way. The tribulation, you know, people think I'm crazy. My friends probably think I'm crazy. You know, I have a lot of friends that are unsaved, a lot of people in my family. Um, I mean, I'm sure you get it too. They probably think we're out here in left field, you know, like, how do you believe in people just vanishing one day? But I'm like, the tribulation is real though. Take the rapture out of it. This is coming. The tribulation is coming. It's literal hell on earth. I I don't know.
1: Yeah. We we don't have any, we don't have anything. The only thing that is even comparable to this is the Noahic flood.
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, to that scale of death, Um, Mm -hmm. we don't, there's nothing, there's never been anything like it since um even in jesus day i mean the the total global population in jesus day was like 200 million so
2: yeah
1: you know what about about sodom and gomorrah well i mean that was you know that was pretty isolated that was like Mm -hmm. just a few cities in this one little geographic area but um i'm talking about just the the scale of it you know I, we don't know how many people died in the Noah flood or how many people lived in the antediluvian time, you know, before the flood came. I mean, we've seen estimates in the billions. So there was billions of people that died. Uh, how many, I don't know exactly, but um, there was a lot of people that died in the flood. That's the only thing that's come cl- close to the scale. And we're not even out of the seal judgments yet. <laughs> you know, like know. so, It gets, it gets even worse. And so going back, back to my chart you know when you see the the um when you see the the seal judgments going they're going they're going they're going and then they trigger the the trumpet judgments and then the trumpet judgments begin to go and then you see the seal judgments be, or the uh, bowl judgments begin to go and that's why the second half is called the great tribulation because now you have all three judgments on top of each other stacked on top mm-hmm. of each other compounding the horror and compounding the terror and the violence and the death on the earth. I mean, it is going to be an absolutely horrifying time to be alive. And one of the big beefs I've had with the left behind series, and I, and I love, I love the books. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, there's no good way to portray this because without making the books rated R or, you know, mature, mm-hmm. or, you know, you know, NC 17 yeah. or whatever um, is, that they, they kind of wrote it with a PG audience in mind because you have people from, you know, young kids to to everybody reading these books. And it's written for the greatest, you know, audience to read, the greatest number of audience to read. But it gives a false sense of that it's survivable, that it's something that um, you could endure, that you could, you know, as Tyler would say, you'd Rambo up, you know, you get in your bunker, Get your beanie weenies, mm. get your, your <laughs> M4, and you're hiding out, and you're just gonna ride it out for seven years. That's not, not going to happen. I yeah. mean, technology today that we have, if people knew what we could do in the military, people would be horrified. I mean, all those billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars that we give every year to the mm. DOD to create these crazy weapons and crazy systems, there's gonna be nowhere to hide, folks. There's gonna be nowhere to hide. Um, you can't hide underground because we have, we have radars and sensors that can penetrate underground. We can tell where humans are hiding underground. You can't hide in buildings because we have heat-seeking um, radar and we have all kinds of uh, cameras and systems that can see into buildings and see through walls. Um, we have uh, we have probably about forty different kinds of drones, uh, robotic drones, some as small as a bug. Mm. We have we have these uh, on these robots. You know, if we want to call them robots, autonomous robots, or they have systems now called laws, lethal autonomous weapon systems that are semi-autonomous that can do things on their own and hunt things down everything from tiny bugs to you know the giant terminator looking dudes to the, the the dogs you know robotic dogs to things that go underground that can dig underground that can climb walls that can go in the water you know aquatic subterranean i mean there's there's literally if you if you've seen the movie minority report mm-hmm. it came out in 2000 that's a, pretty close right but that's confined mm-hmm. to like a, City, but like they have those little robotic spiders that go around and, mm-hmm. and, and crawl under doors. Like we have stuff that blow that away. We have dust. We have dust that, we mm-hmm. can, that tracks everything. And so let's say you broke into a house, you're in the tribulation and you're uh, just rifling through houses trying to find food or whatever. And the law enforcement, they sprinkle this dust on the ground and it's invisible to the eye. You can't see it. You'd have to have, like, you know, certain types of uh, goggles or or camera lenses and things. Um, But you trek through the house, you know, looking for food, looking for clothing, looking for whatever, and you're stepping all in this dust and you don't even know it. When you leave, you're going to leave footprints. And it's going to trace you. They're going to be able to track you to wherever you go and hide. And they're going to hunt you down. Like, there is no – people don't understand how ruthless this system is going to be. And there literally is not – going to be anywhere to hide and that's where we see in the fifth seal trumpet the the fifth seal judgment the cry of the martyrs right because I think mm-hmm. after the church there is going to be a huge uh, harvest of souls people are going to realize mm-hmm. what happened people mm-hmm. are going to see what's happened and they're going to immediately know that this was what their crazy friend Kim was talking going on and on about hallelujah time. and they're going <laughs> to probably go to your house rifle through your stuff look for uh, mm-hmm. a little Books, whatever, I got it.
0: a rapture kit for them. They're good to go.
1: <laughs> so yeah, the rapture kit for sure. And then, mm-hmm. and, and, um, so people, there's going to be a huge turnout of people that that understand what this is, and they're not going to have the knowledge, right, because they've never taken any of this stuff seriously. But they're going to know just enough to know that this is the rapture. This mm-hmm. is a thing we've been making fun of for all these years, and now mm-hmm. it happened. And then this is the time where they're gonna they're gonna get serious with their faith, and they're gonna realize it's gonna cost them their head, and it's gonna cost them mm-hmm. their lives. And if they're lucky, they die. Right? If they're yeah. lucky, they they take the execution rather than um, enduring seven years of hell on earth. And, and to, to be fair, there will be some survivors at the end. Um, mm-hmm. We have we have those that will survive from Israel. We'll also have Gentiles that survive it. Um, because you know, when we think about the kingdom age, and that the you mentioned it, you mentioned this earlier about how post-trib people and how illogical that is. Because every believer at the end of the the, the tribulation gets raptured and gets given their glorified bodies. Well, then who's going to populate the kingdom? Because we know mm-hmm. there's a huge population in the kingdom. So there will be survivors that come through the tribulation. And to be fair, we only need two people: need a male and a female. That's right. right? <laughs> or everything. Or, Lucky we have eight, like Noah, you know, and the, the yeah. family, right? sons. Mm-hmm. There'll be a, a huge population within the, that grow up in the kingdom age. that won't know any of this this world, this life. Will they will be as foreign to them as us looking back to the days of Noah, the days before you know the the flood. Mm-hmm. You know, we look back and we're like, oh, I wonder what it was like back then. Well, people in the kingdom age are going to look back at our age and be like, oh, I wonder what it's like back then. You know, yeah. and we'll be around telling them worse stories you know about <laughs> right
0: <laughs> well we're floating yeah. around in our glorified bodies and they're really jealous <laughs>
2: yeah
0: <laughs> mo you know mo who was on my show right um mm. she had asked that every time we talk we always go down these rabbit trails but she had asked that like is there are we gonna know like are they gonna know like kim and pete and you know everyone here in the feed Sandro. they all look kind of different because they look really really pretty than we do. Are they going to know that we're glorified? Cause clearly we can, I mean, Jesus walked through walls, doors. So um, are we going to be able to be like, okay, see you later. And then like teleport somewhere else. So what do you think? I know that's totally digressing and I know you're tired. So um, we'll wrap it up here. I know there's some questions she's starring as well, but what do you think? Do you think we're going to be that different from the people on earth that they're going to know that we, or do you think we're still going to blend in and look like humans? I mean, you're going to look like yeah. Fabio. We've already said that. So,
1: yes, I'm going to have big sideburns. Uh, I'm determined to have giant because I can't grow sideburns now. <laughs> I'll have big mutton chop sideburns. So, like the
0: no. 70s, 70 type <laughs> sideburns.
1: <laughs> yeah. With a, your
0: long flowing huge, hair. Don't make me because you know I'm going to put another photo of you.
1: A huge curly, mut- I'm going to, I want those big handlebar mustaches that I can roll up at the ends and then these big mutton chop no i I think we'll be our perfect versions of ourselves so we will be us unleashed um in the gods what god fully intended us to look like had sin not entered into the world i think that's what we'll look like we'll be given new names so you won't be kim anymore and i won't be pete anymore i might be
0: what if i like my name
1: whatever you know i don't know god's got a name for us he says we'll be given new names and so in new glorified bodies we won't we can interact with physical material and with with the laws of our you know nature here in our realm, but we won't be confined by them. Just like Jesus, you know, he could eat a fish, you know, because he he just wanted to eat with his disciples,
2: mm-hmm. but he could also
1: walked through a wall, so he's not confined by our physical reality. But he's also, but if he wants to interact with it, he can, you know. So, I I think mm-hmm. about it this way: like if he's in one room. And there's a counter in a kitchen on the other side. And he just reaches through the wall, grabs a cup of whatever, you know, tea, brings it back over. And then somebody mm-hmm. tries it and they can't get their hand. To it. <laughs> so like, what? It's so, going to
0: be really mm-hmm. creepy. Um, I agree. So mm-hmm. on that note, Mo, she couldn't join us tonight. But speaking of that, she did have a question. Not okay. what I just asked you. That was before. So she's and I got to read my text here, guys. So sorry. She says um, her question is no man can see God and live. So how can it be that earthly humans during the millennium can be in his presence? Great question. So that's from Mo. I don't
1: think that they are. We know that Jesus is ruling and reigning in his glorified mm-hmm. state. Right? Yeah. And uh, But John saw Jesus on, in Revelation chapter 1, and he fell over dead, you know, as dead. Right? Mm-hmm. And John knew Jesus. John see, saw mm-hmm. Jesus the in, in the amount of transfiguration, John saw Jesus during his whole ministry, he saw him hanging on the cross, you know, naked and beaten and bloodied. And, and uh, yeah. so John knew personally knew Jesus, saw Jesus in in many states, but when he saw him in his true, what he truly looks like all the time, he fell over. He couldn't take it right in his human form. But in the glorified mm. or in the kingdom age, you know, Jesus is ruling and reigning from Jerusalem, from the throne of David. Um, and I, think this is part and i i disagree are probably different i differentiate myself probably from a lot of different bible teachers in this one point um that the reason that we see animal sacrifices in ezekiel 40 through 48 in this newly mm-hmm. is that they don't need the animal sacrifices don't save them that's not that was never the intent for animal sacrifices it was to make them rich Ritually, ritually pure to enter into the temple and do the things that they had to do. So I think we'll have people in the kingdom age who will, who are still in their na- natural you know, state.
2: Mm-hmm. Now they're going
1: to be living for centuries. They're going to be like pre flood people that they mm-hmm. can live for centuries and centuries. And they're going to be living in an almost a perfect environment, but there's something that's in nature. And so I think that that animal sacrifice system is, is, just there is more of a pragmatic reason to ritually purify them to go be able to go to the temple to do things. They're going to do. They're not going to mm-hmm. see the Father in their natural state.
2: Yeah. The only people
1: that to see God, the Father, in, um, in fact, I think it's the only time that that man, unredeemed man, sees the Father, is when they stand in front of Him in judgment at the great white throne judgment, yeah. before they're casting that to the lake of fire. So. And at that point, they're in, they're in a, they're not in a glorified body, but they're in their like immortal body that can't die, but can Mm -hmm. be continually destroyed. As it says in first Thessalonians, this eternal destruction, they're eternally being destroyed, but not ever being destroyed. It's this process Mm of like, uh, um, you, I don't don't know how to consider Mm -hmm. it, but if you jumped into a a lake full of piranhas and the piranhas complete, you ate you down to the bone and your, your body came back and then they ate you again. And then it came back Mm -hmm. and then it. You can't be fully destroyed, but you're in this continual process, continual mm. stage of destroyed. So, oh, it's just
0: weeping and gnashing of teeth. I could just see that. I just, oh my gosh! You know what I think about when I think about hell is when you see a volcano erupt, like mm-hmm. the inside of a volcano, just that molten lava, that sulfur that comes up. That's what I, I um, think of. Um, mm-hmm. So, Observer has another question, and then we'll dive in. So we'll kind of end here, and then uh, Sandra. Um, if you just want to star some of these questions that are going, and then because I know Pete's got to go, he's had a long day, and I don't want to keep him any longer. Um, so this is from Observer.
1: Fire, most of them. Do what? I so said I could probably rapid fire through most of these questions.
0: Okay, perfect. So we'll get to him. Um, what we don't know is who deals the Antichrist the fatal blow and why.
1: I don't either. <laughs> it doesn't say. It. Yeah. It doesn't say it does. It says somebody does. So, uh, so at some point, at the midpoint, some guy or gal deals a fatal head wound to him. So how that happens, we don't know. It's somebody that would have close access to him. And do think. you think
0: it's actually fatal, though? Because I don't think the devil can duplicate a resurrection. So what do you think? Do you think it's fatal?
1: I think it's fatal. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a real death. Yeah. Mm. And I think God allows this one reincarnation (laughs) for what, for Mm. his own purposes, he's going to allow this to happen. Mm. Um, So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's to embolden Satan to think that he can.
0: mm. That's a great idea. Okay. So before we dive in um, to these questions here, so Pete, the fifth and sixth seal, we're not going to get into because it's the martyrs and then the earthquake. So even what we saw again in Turkey and Syria. So just so everybody is clear. And then we'll dive into the Q&A and then we'll let you go and rest up and continue on your mission. Um, I do want to first say thank you so much for coming on. Um, It's always a pleasure having you on here. And I mean that, Um, but um, are we in the tribulation? Yes or no. And if we are not, then how can you give encouragement for people to stop going down this lane of we're here because we're seeing all of these signs
1: well we know the rapture has to happen before the tribulation it has to revelation 3:10 um john 14:1 through 3 1st Thessalonians uh chapters 4 and 5 uh 2nd Thessalonians 2 you know basically 1 through 8 all are are in sync together with the same message that the 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 church the ecclesia the body of Christ that we make up the body of Christ right here and right now. Christ, you know, Colossians says that Christ is the head and we are the body. We are not going through this judgment that God is going to pour out. He's not going to pour out judgment upon himself. If we're his body, and it's it's irrefutable in scripture that the church right now in this dispensation is the body of Christ. Christ said in Matthew 16, 18 that he was going to build his church. the gates of hell will not prevail against it well how can that be true if revelation 13 7 says that that the antichrist is given the antichrist to overcome the saints and everybody from every tribe tongue and nation so one of those can't be true if they both have to happen so the only logical solution is that the church isn't here the church isn't in this picture which is what we see in Revelation. We see the church mentioned 19 times from Revelation 1, chapter 1 through chapter 3, and then the church isn't mentioned again for the rest of the Revelation. The, the next time you see the church, it's only when Jesus at the very end, after the tribulation, after the war of Armageddon, after the uh, millennial kingdom, after the, the great white throne judgment, Jesus at the very end gives a administrative note to John saying, hey, send this out to the churches this letter right so if the church were in the tribulation if the church was going to go through not trials and tribulation that we see john's 17 um, i'm talking about the 70th week the tribulation um, that's made up of seven years two three and a half year periods you know two month periods um, it's the most chronicled period of time in all of the bible the, the the tribulation, the, the 70th week of Daniel, the church has no time, place, rhyme, or reason to be inside of this 70th week. The church wasn't in the first 69 weeks, and we're not going to be in the 70th week. Mm. Again, the New Testament is extremely clear. People get confused when they start going to uh, the Olivet Discourse to try and find the church inside of the tribulation. And they they look Mm -hmm. at passages that were written to somebody else with a a different audience in mind. And here's Mm -hmm. a cool thing, too. Um, We have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic Gospels. They're very similar in, in style and structure. And then you have John, the Gospel of John, which was the last Gospel written. It was probably written in the 80s and very different. Very different. It's not included in the, the first three Gospels. They're called the synoptic because they're all very similar. Um, Matthew was written. I mean, why do we have four Gospels, right? Why don't we just have one that tells one version of how it happens? Well, God, the Holy Spirit inspired these men to, to think about four different audiences in mind and present these four facets of Christ's life, his ministry, his death. Um, all the little nuances that we can pick through that, that just sync with everything else in the Bible. So Matthew was written with an, a Jewish audience in mind. That's why the genealogy begins with Abraham and not Adam. That's mm-hmm. why uh, Matthew presents Christ as the Lion of the tribe of Judah. It is to assert his um, rightly rightful claim as the heir and the king of Israel. The king of the Jews, right? What they nailed above the sign they put above his cross. And if you were a Jew and you got a hold of a Bible, you would open the Bible up, right? And you have the Old Testament, which we would, if as a observant Jew, would be very familiar with. And then they flip over to Matthew chapter one, they're going to see a very Jewish um, Jesus, right? That's why the gospels don't start with Mark, or they don't start with John, or they don't start with Luke, they start with Matthew. Mm-hmm. Same thing with Revelation. Revelation is very Jewish in nature. Mm-hmm. And it, you read that. You could read Matthew, and then you could go straight to Revelation. And there's so many allusions, you know, with the A, allusions to the Old Testament in Revelation. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, with Matthew. And there are there Jewish names in Matthew that, that aren't explained, right? They are explained in the other Gospels, but they're not explained in Matthew because Matthew doesn't feel like he has to explain because he's speaking to a Jewish audience. Mm-hmm. If I'm writing to a, an American audience, or with an American I'm writing a book or writing something uh, an article and I'm using terminology that Americans would be familiar with I don't have to explain that to Americans but if somebody were Canadian or British or you know Dutch or whatever Russian and they're reading this they might have to have mm-hmm. somebody Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mark has no genealogy in it. Right? It's just it's really focusing on the actions of Christ. It's a very action-centric book. Right? But it still follows along the same kind of Patterns and timelines within that Matthew, Mark, and Luke have all together. Um, there's no genealogy in Mark. Then you get to Luke, and Luke, the genealogy there, fo- it starts with Adam, but really Luke focuses on the humanity of Christ. It's very, um, it's the most in depth in terms of his relationship with other people, Martha, Mary. Uh, we get those great stories uh, there of his personal interaction with different people, right? And then the last book, and it, it, the last book is John, and it doesn't start with the genealogy from Adam or Abraham. It starts with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the word was, you know, with, um, mm-hmm. the word was with God, and the Word was God. And it talks about Christ being God, Jesus being God and come in the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke all have an Olivet Discourse, but John doesn't. Instead, John... Really? The Upper Room discourse, because John's Gospel was mm. written. In the church. Now, if the Olivet discourse was in the Gospel of John, my whole understanding of this would fall apart. It wouldn't make any sense. But yeah, it's, and it's not there intentionally. And instead, we get the, the most expansive three chapter uh, thing on the Upper Room discourse. So, and that is a private, intimate. It's, dinner setting with Christ speaking with his disciples. And he doesn't even really get into anything until after Judas leaves, right? Yeah. Mm, mm. Powerful, powerful reasons all throughout Scripture that point to a pre-tribulation rapture. Historically, we go to the Old Testament. Noah wasn't saved, you know, three quarters of the way into the flood. He wasn't saved halfway into the flood. He wasn't saved at the end of the flood. He was saved before it ever started. Lot wasn't saved halfway through it. He wasn't saved three-quarters of the way. He wasn't running out of Sodom with his hair on fire and his robes burning and everything. He was taken down beforehand. In fact, the angel said, we Mm -hmm. can't do anything here. We can't allow this judgment to happen until we pull you out first. Mm -hmm. Powerful, powerful testimonies all throughout Scripture that point to the pre-tribulation rapture.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so we're definitely not in the tribulation. Okay, so I guess we can go to that little starred link there uh sandra and we can just start doing uh, a rapid fire here for pete and uh, we can get these questions up okay so mo java can i ask for prayer for the heiser family as dr mm-hmm. heiser has passed to glory i don't know why that name sounds so familiar i don't know who that is but lord we lift up that family now so who was heiser
1: uh he's a theologian he wrote the unseen realm very uh, mm-hmm very academic he was like a a hebrew greek scholar and very well known so Mm. yes that is sad but we know where he is and and, absolutely
0: um, change neighborhoods that's what i always say but yeah lord i just pray for peace for the family you know death isn't easy no matter no matter what yeah even when we know they're in glory um we just did that one sandra um so okay this is from wait hold on this is from nita um this is um a friend of mine here so hello nita uh when people are crying peace peace then comes sudden destruction when most people have lost hope even in the rapture then it will surprise everyone except the watchmen women perhaps so let me read that again when people are crying peace peace then comes sudden destruction When most have lost hope, even in the rapture, then it will surprise everyone except the watchmen watch. How are you understanding that question, Pete? Because I don't understand, Nita, what you're trying to ask. Then it will surprise everyone.
1: It'll surprise everybody that's not watching. But it looks like it's pulling from First Thessalonians 5, and when you read it, it says... In verse 4, but you, brethren, are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief. So it's, mm-hmm. if you're watching, and just like in Luke 12, you know, the faithful watchman there that blessed is he who's who's watching when the master returns, he will come and sit down and, and dine with them and, with them. and if you're watching and doing what we're supposed to be doing and warning our friends and sharing the gospel and being out there, um, mm-hmm. basically, tell, like preaching like Noah did, you know, like, hey, Judgment is coming, you know, get ready. You need to get right with Christ. Um, It's not going to overtake us as a, as a fee for a surprise.
0: <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I guess, cause with the way that I would take that is I know some people think, and I am in that camp about the apostasy in second Thessalonians. Um, I do believe after listening to Dr. Andy Woods really dissect that, I tend to believe that could be a rapture. Um, I think he has a valid argument. So does the other side. But I I tend to lean with Dr. Andy on that. So with that being said, I don't think we're going to have peace, peace right now. I don't think that's going to happen. So then when sudden destruction happens. So I don't know if there's going to be many. I guess that's where I was confused because I don't think there's going to be many watchmen or women. We're all going to be raptured. We're not going to have sudden destruction. So I guess I was confused. Um, Okay. So next question, Sandra. Okay, this is from Allison. Question, why did the higher-ups want into the museum in Iraq when we went in early 90s? She just heard of this.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm familiar with this. I mean, I was in Iraq in 2005, so it had been a couple of years after that. But um, there's some theories, right? They go into the, the Iraqi museum and they're looking for the tomb of Gilgamesh um they're looking for supposedly that they had, there was an eflem body there that they're going to to recover and take and take the dna and all this stuff so i think there's that theory um there was probably specific things that they were looking for that the leadership was looking for um but we know by 2015 we've returned a lot of the artifacts so that you know like it could have been in um it could have been like a distraction in a way like for instance you've seen movies where uh um, let's say there's a bank heist they go in and they they secure the bank the cops are outside or even before the cops get there they go in and they steal a bunch of money but really they wanted one thing from one safety deposit box <laughs> they mm-hmm. grab that thing and all cops are looking at is all the money that's gone they're not even looking at the safety deposit boxes so mm-hmm. it could be something like that where they take just a whole bunch of stuff but there's one thing that they were trying to get to and I think that that somehow, some way ties with the, the tomb of Gilgamesh or something to do with Gilgamesh or the Nephilim. Mm. And I think they wanted to get a hold of that, some DNA. Because now we have the technology to, to genetically ma- manipulate it. Manipulate yeah. it. I can't say that word. <laughs> oh
0: um, so I'm typing this in here. This is a question here um, from Rumble. I don't know. This laptop is uh, not my f- my, not my friend right now. So I'm just going to go ahead. You can put the next question up, Sandra, and I'll read that. So Samantha asks, can you explain Psalm 83? People talk about the war of Psalm 83. I don't understand. When I read it, I don't see a war. I am in that camp. I believe it's a, um, a what do they call that? Like a prayer, purgatory, whatever they call it. prayer. prayer. Yeah. yeah. So do you believe it's a war?
1: Uh, yeah. You know, I kind of do. I, I kind of side with Bill Salas on this for the simple fact that we know that the Gog and Magog coalition, when they come together, they're um, Shiite with Iran, the Turkey, the Turks are Sunni, the Russians are, you know, whatever, Eastern Orthodox. There's probably a lot of um, Muslims mixed in with their armies coming from, you know, Kazakhstan and all the different Soviet satellite states that used to function underneath them. Um, but we don't see any of the immediate neighbors of Israel lebanon you know with Naz- with um, Hezbollah we don't see the the young lions the new terrorist group rising up in um, not Gaza but um, where the PLO is on the, on the eastern side um, we we don't see any of the immediate neighbors that are right now shooting missiles and trying to you know, Starting tifadas going on over there, so something happens to the immediate threat of Israel, and then that seems like that would uh that that's possible now. I mean we're seeing mm-hmm. this happen right now, so something is about to kick off because we have probably the most um militaristic and you know conservative Israeli coalition that's ever existed in Israel right now. Mm-hmm. they're not going to tolerate. It, you know, a third or fourth intifada. I think that they're on a fourth intifada, they're not going to let that let that happen. And then that could trigger a wider scale war there in Israel. Um, and then once they pacify that through probably great violence, then that that might give them some breathing room at that point, which allows for them to kind of let their guard down, which triggers after the rapture, their God-Magog coalition that comes against them. Mm. But I think it's a war, and I see her point too, that's Kind of, you're kind of reading between the lines on that, but you know, going yeah. back into who are these people that are being mentioned? These they're they're labeled by their ancient tribal names, but if you see on a map where these people are, it's it's where the Hezbollah is, it's where the um where the folks in Gaza, the, the Palestinians on both sides of Israel. There's other people hiding out in Jordan and so on and so forth. So they' this loose network of uh, really anti. Uh, Israel terrorist groups that are forming a circle around Israel. I think that they get dealt with first.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, um, I'll have to look into it more. Um, that's just one of those areas that, um, to be honest with you, I'm not that versed on it. Um, but when I do read it, I don't see it. But then, um, um, you know what, Pete? You know how my personality is. I don't really. I just read the word and I listen to other people's opinion and I'm like thumbs up. Or a thumbs up. I, just, I really don't take sides. Um, because, again, I don't think these are salvation issues and people want to believe it's a war. It's war. If they want to believe it's a prayer, it's a prayer. But I personally really need to dive into it. Um, do you have anything on your website pertaining that war? And I can hear your side once I read it. No. Uh,
1: on Psalm 83? Yeah. No. No. I, I just no. point people to Bill Salas. He's done the most exhaustive work on it. So
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: he He really is a subject matter expert on that, and if, if I wrote anything, it would be a cheap knockoff <laughs> what what he's he done, doing, so? yeah,
0: he'll be in yeah. Orlando when I'm there, but um so I know he's talking about it. okay, so Sandra next, and I'll keep starring these questions so you can just put them up. Okay, this is from C. Evans. uh do you think we will see the no cash system or after um, now or after the rapture? Should we participate?
1: don't. You know, I don't think it'll be mandatory before the rapture. I think it will be an, op- I think it will be optional for people to get involved in it. Um. But I think that, because think about it this way, if the central bank digital currencies, which is what they're trying to push for now, if that becomes mandatory and that becomes the norm prior to the rapture, then when the U.S., when the rapture happens and it triggers this it won't trigger a global economic collapse because everybody will be on this new system already. So let me rephrase this a different way. I mentioned earlier how I feel like something is supernaturally restraining the world right now. We should have collapsed years ago, economically, politically, and so on and so forth, but we haven't. Something is keeping us floating right now or we should have drowned way back there. So we're still in play for some reason doesn't make any sense. We're making all the wrong moves. We're, we're doing all the wrong things that would have crushed any empire for us. And right now we have like probably 20 different existential threats facing our nation right now that any one of those would collapse us. And it hasn't. We're still here. We're still going for some unknown, unknown reason. I think the unknown reason is the Holy Spirit's keeping us in play.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That when the rapture happens, we trigger this big, massive global collapse. With that Absolutely. said, they've introduced the central bank digital currencies pilot test phase back in December. It's due in twelve weeks. I think it's probably just about done. Uh, we'll be done here in a few weeks, um, and they're they're test doing test runs on it to see how viable it is with the current systems. Can they can they marry them into the new systems? I think we'll see a little hybridization going so far. And if you listen to guys like Britt Gillette, who's much more versed in this than I am. Um, he, he sees it coming this year i don't know i i don't i don't see it happening before the rapture though. i don't see it becoming mandatory before, before the rapture so there might be companies and groups out there that begin to implement cbdc's on some kind of limited basis and uh for specific things just like people can get like the chips in their hands now like the little um um i forget RFID things there are RFID tags that can open their Tesla mm-hmm. car doors, they can,
2: mm-hmm. they can get
1: a soda out of the soda machine because it's got their bank card information or something on there, you know. Yeah. So I think it's man. on a very limited. We're see, but the thing is we're seeing it now. That's the thing. We're seeing the potential for it now. Um and and it's not become mandatory just yet. And I, I don't think it will become mandatory until after the rapture. So uh, hopefully that answers your question. I think we'll see mm-hmm. it. Before the rapture, I don't think it'll be mandatory. I think it'll still be, it'll be a technology that's available. And then at some point after the rapture, just like the last two years in the medical things that happened in 2020, right? At first, mm-hmm. when they rolled out the, the cure, it yeah. was optional. And then it was, <laughs> then it was optional, but strongly encouraged.
2: Mm-hmm. And then it was
1: just strongly encouraged. And then it started becoming mandatory.
2: Mm-hmm. And I think
1: we're going to see that play out with this, this, Market of the Beast technology. It's it'll be optional, then strongly encouraged, and then really strongly encouraged, and then it'll come to the point <laughs> where you can't do anything without it, and and we'll see that same kind That's of crazy. thing play out.
0: Absolutely. Okay. This is from Kathy. Question: Since BB sold out Israel to, I know what the PZ stands for. I'm assuming you do too, right? We don't want to say that buzz uh, yeah. term on here. And 98% took it, and it's causing. I don't even know if I can say that word. Um, sudden deaths. Um, I'm all right. I really grumble. will just have to love me all over again. What about the Jews and the end times? How does that fit in?
1: How does it fit in with the people dying from taking it? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the way I understand it? I guess, yes.
0: Since Bibi sold out Israel to the people and 98% took it and it's causing sudden deaths. What about the Jews and the end times? How does that fit in? I guess maybe depopulation, their number? I don't
1: know. No, I, you know, honestly, I don't think it's that. I think it is a test run because of certain materials that they put in these things. And they have a lot of electromagnetic qualities to them. And I don't want to say exactly what it is, but it's a recent metal that's been created in 2004. People can read about that. And it has something, I think this is kind of laying the first foundation To make the mark later become much easier for the human body to take. And it's just kind of a a loose theory I have. But I I Mm -hmm. think they're testing multiple things with it. They're testing, okay, what is the global tolerance for mandatory injections? What is the global tolerance for mandatory compulsion to do certain things? And for the most part, it's been very successful. So they're going to just keep on the same path and keep. Going down this direction, but eventually it probably has it's multifaceted in what it can do. And so I think somehow it's maybe it's kind of prepping the human genome for taking what will eventually mm. become the mark.
0: Absolutely. All right. So next question is coming from Teresa. She says, um, what does it mean by kill by the beast of the earth? Great question. I've always wondered that. I take it as animals. So what is your point? What do you think?
1: I think it's everything from germs all the way up to, to lions and then in anything, mm-hmm. any, even domestic animals. I think every animal on the planet will turn feral. Mm-hmm. Um that when the restrainer was removed, animals that would normally be docile and or at least skittish around humans now would become they see you as a a, a visceral threat and will attack you and kill you. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you're in the woods <laughs> and you see a wolf or a bear or even like an elk or something that would normally just leave you alone and go their own way or avoid you. Now we'll see you. We'll see red when they see you and they'll just charge and try and take you out Uh, Mm -hmm. um, because that restraint is gone. And I think when we talk about the restraint being removed, we're talking multi-level across all, every spectrum of, of all the good things that God's holding back right now that he could unleash, but doesn't. And that includes germs. Mm -hmm. And that includes everything from viruses to Ebola to, the um, you know, everything. Mm -hmm. So, Mm
0: -hmm. Agreed. And even me, because, you know, I don't believe in animals in captivity, for those who know me. You can leave that question up, Sandy. You don't have to take it off. Um, And I do believe, you know, just think about zoos, sanctuaries, things where they're housing animals in captivity— and the ground shakes it breaks i mean you're talking lion lions tigers bears oh my the world's gonna be crazy with these animals it's gonna be i am legend but with animals okay allison asks tech is what makes the last kingdom so evil whoever gets control of ai and these technologies will be the antichrist Uh, i i kind of agree with that um I also believe the false prophet is going to be behind a lot of this as well. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, Putin said that that whoever controls AI will control. Whoever gets there first will control the world. So the new arms race of the 21st century is not nuclear weapons. It's it's artificial intelligence. It's swarm technology, quantum, the quantum computing. Um, Any one of those three would, would make a nation exceedingly powerful. And something that Britt Gillette's brought up in the past that makes a lot of sense to me is like when we dropped the bombs on Hiroshima, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, um, we became the most powerful nation on the planet. But we didn't stop other countries from developing this technology. Not, not you know, we we might have discouraged and we might have tried to stop it at first. But once that genie's out of the bottle, you know, we had it. Then Russia, the Soviet Union, had it, and then. The British and the French had it and, you know, just got out, right? It it was possible that technology was possible. So people figured it out or they stole trade secrets or, you know, treason and all that kind of stuff. But um, do we allow for a new century with another form of mutually assured destruction doctrine? So let's just say we develop AI first and it's exceedingly powerful and it begins to run everything. Are we going to allow Russia to develop it? Or China, or North Korea, or you know what I mean. Like we're not going to make the same mistakes that we made in the 20th century. We're going to take out those countries because, we're, or we're going to have our system take out those countries. So we're not going to deal with that kind of competition because we know how dangerous it is. Same thing with swarm technology. Same thing with quantum computing. The race right now is on for quantum computing to, to who can develop the most qubits and the most stable qubits to be able to operate a quantum system because we know it works. We have mm-hmm. systems that do. We just were limited by the number of qubits. And I think we've kind of plateaued right now. And I think that that, again, part of the restraint that's removed is man's capacity to create things or figure out things that we normally are being restrained from creating now. Because if we were to create them too quickly, we would destroy ourselves, which is what mm-hmm. I'm given nuclear weapons back, you know, 2000 years ago, because we would have already destroyed the world, you know, 10 yeah. times over.
2: And Absolutely. so God has
1: restrained, limited man from 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 developing these and, and i have another theory with this and one is that if you look back at guys like uh um leonardo da vinci uh, michelangelo um, sir isaac newton um galileo pernicus you know all the great minds of the past I, I believe god allowed certain men along certain times and women to to use all of their brain fully use all of your brain to un- very complex things that helped move mankind along a trajectory that was measured and, and it's in a steady state you know kind of growth but mm-hmm. once the holy spirit's restraints removed i believe satan and his fallen angels because they're also incredibly intelligent will begin to show men okay this is how you make cubits and this is how you do this and this is how you do this and this is how you do this and just like those fallen angels before the flood Mm -hmm. corrupted them how to make do war and tell them how to do all these things they're going to come right back and they're not going to be restrained this time and they're going to be able to show mankind how to fix these things because they know where all the bodies are buried they know where all the gold is buried they know where all the secrets of the earth they know everything because they were there when it was created and they have years of human history to, to they know all the secrets. There's nothing hidden from them, you know, as a kind mm-hmm. of a high line, if you will.
0: Absolutely. So, Sandra, let's just try to get to some questions. Um, not so much the comments, um, because again, I'm looking at the time and I don't want to um hold him up. So, uh, okay. So, question here from Mojava. Where in the word humans will be as rare as? I don't know what that means. Where? Probably in where the in word? the world. Where in the world humans will be as rare as, I don't even know what that last Ophir. word is. All op- what is an offer Offer. How do you say that? What is that?
1: It's a precious stone, I think. Um, so if she meant where in the word humans will be as rare, I think that's an Isaiah. I don't know. You just have to do a word search for ofer. And if she meant where in the world, if that's just a typo by her, I think that'd be the, the Americas. I think in a theory of mine is that when seal judgments happen, um, it's global, and there's chaos, and the world's trying to restructure into this 10 regions, 10 imperial regions, right? And then in the trumpet judgments, when you get the trumpet judgments 1, 2, and 3, a third of the, the trees are burned up, and a third of the vegetation is burned up, well, if you go to the com, I think it's a .com, and you look up, they have they have mapped where all the trees in the world are, and a third of the world's trees are in the Americas.
2: Mm-hmm. And then if you
1: go to a third of the fresh water in the world, it's in the Americas. And then if you go to um, what is a third of the oceans, because a third of the oceans turn to blood, that's the Atlantic. And I'm theorizing here, but because nobody knows, nobody knows, and all we have right now because we are not going to know until it happens but it could be that god is channelizing people back to one part of the world which is like um the old world right africa europe asia and that's where the bulk of the mm. tribulation will, will then take place mm-hmm, and there mm-hmm. might be scattered humans here and there in the, in the americas but they would be rare as over right and i and i, I mean I, I don't know if i'm speaking out of My own um, misguided uh, understanding, but Ofer, if I'm not mistaken, had something to do with South America, but I cannot for the life of me remember where I heard that from. But anyways, I don't want to hold this up.
0: So Mojava kept me on my toes on that one Mm because you clearly knew what she was talking about and I had no idea. Okay. So Jill asked, and I think she left, so I apologize. Will we be able to visit other planets?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yes.
0: Yeah. Next. Okay, this is from Michelle. Do you think Charles from England is the Antichrist? As per Tim Cohen, I'm chuckling because I think he is too old. I would think maybe his sons could take that role. But what is your thought on that?
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't I don't think it's Prince Charles. He he is too old. Um but yeah, it could be his sons. So it could be. It could, I, I think whoever it's going to be is is alive. But I think they're also probably in their mid twenties to to mid to late twenties, or even early thirties or early forties. But I don't think they're. Mm. It's not like Klaus Schwab, who's like seventy something, or, yeah. or I think maybe he's eighty. Yeah. And it's not these guys that are in their sixties or seventies. I, th- I think it's a younger man. He's going to have to have charisma. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll probably be multi or what do they call it a, a poly polyglot or somebody that can speak multiple like bunches of different languages um mm-hmm. incredibly intelligent you know photographic memory um but to, to the other point it says ophir of Fear is in first chronicles 29 4 and it's a place where they got gold and i think i heard that that place was in south america so wow. don't, don't hold me to that but i, I heard somebody say that once i was like wow that's interesting So, but anyways. Um, mm. Yeah, so I I don't man, it's not Charles. It's not somebody that old. I think it's going to be a younger man, yeah.
0: <laughs> like a uh, George Soros. Uh, like whatever. Twenty twenty. I know it's, that's when YouTube pulled my channel, but um, I was mm. doing an inside scoop on the whole QAnon thing. But before I did that, I kind of dove into um, you know like the George Soros, just all of that, like Hillary Clinton. And, but George Soros's son, if you do your research on him, I believe his name is either Alex or Alec. um I know he's under the radar, a little horn. I don't know. there's just something about him um that comes to mind because he's so he just fits that realm. okay, so Steph asks what happens to non believers who die now before the White Throne judgment?
1: They go to torment so when, um, when Jesus told the story of rich, the rich man and Lazarus, I mean, it wasn't a parable. It was a true story because he never used real names and parables. He just said this man or a certain man or, you know, whatever. But in this case, he uses Lazarus the real name and Lazarus dies. He's a beggar. He goes down to what they would call Abram's bosom. And, and at that time, uh, Sheol, the underworld, right, was divided into two parts. You had the Abraham's, bosom of the paradise side and the other side you had torments which was just flame dark fiery you know you're thirsty um you can't breathe the air because you're gagging it's terrible but they could see into abraham's bosom and likewise people in abraham's bosom could see over into their side but they couldn't they could talk they couldn't get they couldn't connect to each other because there's a a impassable gulf between the two there's no way to cross between between the two, and so when Jesus died, he went down to he descended down to Abraham's bosom, and took those took captivity captive and took them back when he ascended into heaven. So they're in the righteous are in heaven, right? He came down there and said, "Hey, I'm the one that you, that you guys have been waiting for," <laughs> you know, like this me, and they believed in him, right? Uh, but the, those in the 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 unrighteous were on the torment side. Anybody that dies now goes into that place, and they basically are waiting until judgment. And they'll, the next time that they pop out of there, they're going to stand before God the Father as their creator. Not as their Lord and not as their Savior. They're going to stand before him as their creator. He's going to be their creator. He's going to review their life, review the fact that their names are not written in the Lamb's but the life, and they're going to be cast into the lake of fire forever. And that's terrible, terrible. That is the worst fate for any Anybody, I don't wish that upon anybody,
0: absolutely. So, Mo actually just joined Mo. We already answered your questions, so that's why we're not going to get to it. So, I just wanted to let you know you're going to have to watch it back on replay. Okay, so next question is coming from our wonderful brother Pookie. He asks, Um, why has the church forgot the younger generations?
1: I don't know how, I don't know. I think, I think. I read a Barnabas poll. In fact, I've got the text. I can send it to you if you want to link it on there uh, somewhere in in here in the YouTube thing. Um, They were looking at the different denominations, and then there's most of the – all the denominations are now over 50% of their populations are over the age of 50. So let's just say Christ wasn't going to come back for 100 years at the current trajectory that we're going all of these denominations would be dying out within the next 20 years mm. if they weren't replenished. right? So I don't know. I, I, when I went to, I went to a prophecy conference back in 2011, I think And to be fair, it was the pre-trib pre-trib.org conference, which is 10 gens, tenor, generally tends to be an older group because it's more academic um, of all the prophecy conferences, probably the most academic one. Um, so it, it just draws an older crowd but i didn't see any young people there um Mm -hmm. i think i think the average age was probably in its 50s 60s this was 2009 10 11 somewhere in there Mm -hmm. so i don't know uh younger people are more there's more distractions now there's more i mean like i was Mm -hmm. telling you at the very beginning there's so much information coming at people um it's, they don't even know what to believe anymore because it's just coming from so many different directions. Even the stories you thought you knew were true, like let's say the revolutionary war, somebody would come back and write a book and say, no, 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 that's not really what happened. They fought over slavery, <laughs> you know, or something, mm-hmm, something that right. was not true. <laughs> And now people are just confused, man. There's so many people yeah. are confused about everything.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So a question coming in from Hannah, will I get to live somewhere warm? It's negative. Oh my gosh, that's cold. 23 degrees Celsius here. I'm finished with the winters. So what do you think? Do you think it's warmth. we're going to have warmth and seasons? How do you think that's going to look? Because there's no sun and no moon, especially in the eternal state.
1: No, we'll have the sun and moon. The, the sun and moon in Scripture said they're they're eternal. I know that. Bl- I know it Someone blows my mind. My- Someone brought
0: that to my attention, yes.
1: Lee, Lee Brainerd has a yeah. fantastic book called um, the new heavens and the new earth renovation recreation and he goes through every passage about that the sun is eternal that the moon is eternal that as long as the earth is eternal because god is going to rule and reign from the throne of david and that this earth is sacred and not in the new agey sense but from god's perspective this earth has in it the blood of the saints the blood that was shed of the saints. It has the blood of his son that was crucified on the cross. I mean, there's so many, so much of our story is tied in with this earth and with the history of where the Israelites crossed this place in the ocean for the Red Sea, or Noah's Ark is here, is buried here, or David killed Goliath here, or this church, you know, this martyr died here. I mean, like, anyways, I don't want to steal his thunder. He does a, you can probably find some of his talks on YouTube. But man, it is a. It was one of those subjects that I didn't even think I needed to know about, but it was so mm. transformative. And once I started reading, I wasn't even halfway through the book, and I was like, "Dude, he is so right." We look mm. at all the Psalms, and we just think they're poetic and flowery, but no, they're really like mm. legit promises. And it really changed how I understood it. So I read, and mm. it's probably 10, a ten-dollar book, or you can get it on Kindle for like free or whatever. But a fantastic book. Revolutionized my understanding, and in fact, I asked him if I could write the forward, or he asked me if I could write the forward for it for his book. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I jumped on it, I was like, heck yes, I absolutely will. So,
2: wow, great yeah, I and think it's, the it's, link it's, it's was posted. So,
1: yeah, it's not a thick book, too. It's maybe like 60 pages or something,
0: yeah. Um, I'll definitely, yeah, I'll look into that. Um, because I do have a lot of questions. I think the Bible is silent on a lot, but there's also some passages. That we can glean from both Old and New Testament to kind of help us meal piece stuff together. Uh, so, question coming in from Deborah Brown: Do you think the world will explain the rapture by saying UFOs took us?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think a global level distraction needs our global level crisis needs a global level distraction, mm-hmm. and it will just be. I mean, Satan doesn't know when the rapture is going to happen, but it seems like he's got, got ships everywhere or whatever they are. Balloons. Chewed up, waiting to go, waiting to appear at the moment of the mm. rapture. So. <clears throat>
0: Absolutely. So, Sandra, um, do not put that question up yet because that would be an amazing segue for Pete to actually close the session, the question from Good Breakfast. So let's hold that to the end. I think we should just close out. The rest of the questions get Mo's, and then after Mo's, we're we'll, we're gonna stop because he's got to go. So I don't want to keep him here all night. So next question, I'll star Mo's, and then we can go ahead and um, close it out. So Mo asked, um, "No, we already asked that. That can go away." Okay. So next question, I you start it, and then I unstart it. So no worries. So just go to the other questions that we have under the starred. Okay, so Mo, could whatever the seven thunders say in Revelation be info God doesn't want Satan to know, as opposed to seven more judgments? We've discussed that on the phone before. I thought that was a great observation.
1: Yeah, I think God, you know, like a master general is not going to give all his his tells and and he's not going to give all his clues away as to what he's going to do. I think these things are going to be monkey wrenches that nobody is see that nobody sees coming so i don't know what they are satan doesn't know what they are the antichrist is not gonna know what they are i mean Mm. we'll know when we see these things unfold from the the mezzanine so
0: agreed um so sandra i'm going through some of these stars that you have um so we'll go ahead i hate to jump in on here um i just because i want to kind of let him um go on Here. So I'm going to put this one up. So this is from Nita again. Pete, do you think they're preparing another pandemic again?
1: Absolutely. Hopefully it's post rapture.
2: Yeah,
0: that's what I hope too. Um, Okay, so I think everything else is um, questions on there. So We'll go ahead and get this one here from Good Breakfast. This is not the one that I want you to close in um, out, though, Pete. So Good Breakfast asks, Israel carrots were developed differently, I thought. Any thoughts on that, Pete? Israel developed their own carrots. I just thought that was a break in the... Uh,
1: I no idea. That's <laughs> news <laughs> to me. I don't know anything about it. Israel's carrots.
0: We know about water, but I don't know about okay. carrots, <laughs> right? Their water and their apple banana, cran banana, or whatever that thing is called. Okay. So let's um, ask the same question there. Okay. So we're narrowing it down. I got three here that we're going to put on the screen. So this is from, I guess, Hannah Lore 777 I often wonder why the angels say not to hurt the tree or grass trees or grass, but why harm the animals? Great question. Uh,
1: well, they don't harm the trees or the grass until they've sealed the servants until they seal the one hundred and forty four thousand so that's even that's limited until they can seal all the um, the uh, twelve thousand from each of the twelve tribes to make the hundred and forty four thousand. That's in so, uh, Revelation 9, or let see, verse 7. It says, after these things, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the, four, that the wind should not blow on the earth, or on the sea, or any tree. Uh, and skip it down to verse 3. It says, do not harm the earth, the sea, or the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. I don't know, but I don't know why animals, I think animal, like I said, I think they're feral at this point. They're, they're very anti antagonistic against humans. So mm. that's the best I got.
0: <laughs> right. So that carrot thing, it was actually used for the V the jab. So that's why I didn't understand the carrot thing either. So, but it was, it was uh play on words. Instead of saying the jab, she was using the word carrots. So, <laughs> saying that I guess they created the carrot now I get it okay thank you all right next question you can put up we've got two left and I want to go to Sammy so again guys if you have any more questions I apologize but you know Pete's had a long day and I don't want to keep him any longer and it's been a while here so Sammy A says why is this is a great question I didn't even know this why is 666 used in the Old Testament where Solomon collected that much in taxes
1: (laughs) I don't know. I think it has uh, kind of one of those Old Testament clue-ins um, to um, the eventual money system that will become the mark of the beast. And the same thing with um, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar, where it's the six musicians, the six different instruments are playing, and then the, the statue is 60 feet, sixty cubits high and six cubits wide, and it ends up being like Six, 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 and so false worship, false the image of a of, of the beast, and then you've got the tie-in with money. So um, you know, there's all these kind of these uh, typologies and things that, that tie the old testament to the new testament in like really cool way. So that's mm-hmm. that's kind of my thoughts on it.
0: Hmm. Okay. So don't put that question up yet, Sandra. So um, we're going to bring it in for a landing again, Pete. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. I hopefully I'm going to say May, June, Lord willing, we're not even here, but if we are, I would, uh, I know I already spoke with you and Tyler to get you both back on to discuss the eternal state. And I think a lot of questions here tonight can also be answered with that because you guys, both of you can bring a different perspective stuff that you've mentioned here uh, but we'll connect uh, Lord willing. Like I said, hopefully we're not even here. Um, but again, I really hate to do a house cleaning issue, but if anyone wants to moderate on YouTube questions at life podcast.com, cause I, I need some more moderators. And then um, Pete, there's a question that someone had asked and it's a perfect segue, not only to answer this question, but also after you're done telling the story, you can close it in with the simplicity of the gospel and should we have someone who is lost here, um, what would you say to that person? Um, so if you can just close us out on that. And I know some people do like when I close this out in prayer. I don't know if you want to take the lead on that this week or I can. It's no big deal. But I'm going to put this question up on the screen so it's a dual. Answer this wonderful question that Good bref- Breakfast asked and then also the simplicity of the gospel. So here we go. Question is from Good Breakfast Pete, do you have a precious memory of leading someone to Jesus in salvation that you could share?
1: Yeah, um, I was, um, this was 2010 time frame, 2011. I was invited to come out to uh, a prison in Giddings, Texas, it was a youth prison, and these are. Kids uh, under the age of 18, but they're in there for felonies and serious crimes. And, and most of them will transition from that facility to like an adult penitentiary. And then, you know, they're in there for you know drugs, arson, murder, things like that, rape. Um, and so I, I got invited to speak at this chapel this one night. And so um, it was my really my first time speaking in any capacity like this. So I go up there and um you know it's a catholic chapel there's a crucifix behind me and I just started reading from Revelation 1 and I started talking through Revelation 1 and I, my point to them was to show them that Christ isn't this guy hanging on the the wooden thing behind us you know looking defeated and broken and everything he this is what he looks like now
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was describing Revelation 1 and I always get really choked up when I read it out loud because it's so powerful cuz I start to see you know Christ in this glorified state, we call it glorified, but really that's his normal state. You know, he had to dim his, he had to dim himself down to be a human, but naturally this is what he looks like. He eyes a flame of fire, he speaks, it's like like uh, many waters, you know, it's just extremely, for us it would be unsettling to see that person because we would just mm-hmm. fall over dead like John did. And um, at the end of it, I spoke uh for i don't know 20 minutes or so and i was so kind of caught up in the moment i when i was done i just closed my bible and i started walking off stage and you know i didn't i wasn't even thinking about an altar call but the guy that brought me there he's, he immediately goes up there and he said hey and he starts to lead him to the you know through the whole you know the, the sinner's prayer and everything and and at the end of it you know everybody's praying and he's like you know, receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord, Savior, we raise your hand, and like 20 hands went up. And I was like, oh man, that's that. Wow. That was like, wow. Mm. That was the first time that I think I've ever had that um, moment. And it, it just floored me because I would love to see some of these guys in heaven. I mean, mm. however, however many of them truly meant it, I will see them again. And
2: we'll
1: embrace his brothers in heaven. So that would be a cool story.
0: Absolutely. So for anyone listening tonight who may not know the Lord, uh, what would you say to them?
1: Well, um, you know, the gospel is found in First Corinthians uh, 15, verses 1 through 4. And basically what it says is that Christ came and he died for our sins and he died in our place because we can't pay for our own sins. And that man was built for eternity. Man, we were all designed. We we're Built for eternity, you know. We're not just built for this life. We're not going to die and then blink off into existence, into nothingness. We're gonna our our soul is going to live on, and it's got to live somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were headed as a human race. We were headed to hell, and if God had chosen to do nothing, that's where we would all go. We would die and we'd go straight into hell into torment, into torture, into eternal damnation. But God so loved us that He intervened and He became a man put on human flesh. He, he dimmed him, his glory down and became a just a, a, an average-looking man, and he lived a sinless and perfect life, and then he allowed his own creation to kill him innocently, and he allowed them to do this because he came to die to be that perfect limb uh, sacrifice to take away our sins. He became the only remedy. His death became the only remedy that we could find salvation in, and so when we understand that our predicament is that we're headed to hell. And if we place our faith and trust in his finished work on the cross, he, he does the most miraculous exchange in all of the universe. He takes our rotten sinfulness and he gives us his perfect righteousness. So then when God looks at Pete and, and Pete is a broken, sinful, fallen man, he doesn't see Pete like that anymore. He sees me through this, the blood of his son as perfect Right mm. in per- perfect blood covered in the perfect blood of his son and, and that's how I'm now presentable to God. And all we have to do is believe in, in what he did on the cross for us, that he died for our sins. Mm. It's that simple. And when we when we believe that in our hearts and we make that prayer and we just pray to God, and there's you know different ways to do it. I don't want to say that there's any one right way. I mean you could be a, a bum laying in the gutter and you cry out to God mm. save me i believe you can absolutely.
2: say absolutely
1: and the same thing you have the the abcs you know admit your sinner, mm-hmm. believe on the lord jesus christ and call on his name you can be saved i think there's i don't get all wrapped up in the whole legalistic way of how to do it but if you believe mm-hmm. in his work you can be saved you die absolutely
0: yeah i've always said that with the abcs it, it brings such conflict but God's not going to say, well, you can't go to heaven, Kim, because you use the ABCs one too many times. So, And sometimes we get nervous sharing the gospel. So why not? Whatever works, right?
1: Yeah. The thief on the cross, I mean, what he turned to Jesus and he said, Lord, remember me this day, or remember me when you go into your kingdom. He yeah. didn't say the ABCs. He didn't have it all perfect. And the Lord said that today you will be with me yeah. in paradise. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful.
0: Amen. Amen. So- <laughs> I know Well, uh, this has been a pleasure. So everyone on the chat, I'm seeing some of them. Um, So thank you guys for the outpouring of love and encouragement. It means more than, you know, Um, thanks for everyone who joined in late. You guys have to watch this on post. Um, So Pete, either I or you we can close this out in prayer, whatever you want to do. I'm okay with whatever. Um, It's just something that I've started to do here on these lives. So um, did you want me to close out in prayer and then we'll just hang tight and then we'll say goodbye to everyone else?
1: I'll close it up. If it's okay.
0: Perfect. That's perfect. All right.
1: All right. All right. Dearly father, Lord, we just come before you tonight, bend knee. And we're just so thankful that, that, uh, that you, that you intervened in our, in our reality, you intervened in our lives to save us from eternal damnation, Lord. You didn't have to do it, but you loved us and you loved us before you created the world and you came up with this plan before. And in despite us, and despite our sinfulness, and despite our brokenness, and despite our uh our re- rebelliousness, you came and loved us while we were yet sinners. You died for us. So Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for all the blessings that you give us on a daily basis that we don't even take um to give you credit for lord the the fresh air that we breathe the sunlight the food the mm-hmm. the the friends that we have the family the um just the ability to earn money or or the ability to communicate with other people or to walk and all these millions mm-hmm. of things that you give us each day mm-hmm. that we just take for granted lord um we pray that this would be used father for your glory mm-hmm. and that uh, That somebody from this might uh, come to know you as Lord and Savior through it, Lord. Thank you for Kim, for her friendship. I thank you for those in the audience today for their uh, faithfulness uh, in supporting and praying for for us here, Lord. And we asked ask that um, you would guide us and direct us in all things, Lord. And it's your son's name we pray. Amen.
0: Big old amen. That is the way to end it. That's what I'm saying, brother. All right. So on that note, everyone have an amazing evening. And as I always say, until I see you again, either here, there, or in the air. And again, Pete, just hang tight. I'm going to put my little ending video here, but um, yeah, so just hang tight. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. To find out more information, go to lifeclipspodcast.com. Would you like to be a guest on our show? Do you have questions, comments, or concerns? Send an email to questions at lifeclipspodcast.com. Until next time, family, I will see you here, there, or in the air.
1: Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus.